Connecting to the real nerds is so easy. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. We have a Twitter account, at Real Nerds. We also have Instagram. You can call us, 720-6Nerds5. You want to email us? You can do that, too, realnerds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. I'm Giles. I'm Emily. And I'm Michelle. And we're the Beyond the Trope podcast. Every week, we delve into topics like pop culture, fiction writing, and other nerdy things. We feature laid-back conversations, bad puns, and in-depth interviews with authors, comic creators, and more. Find our show at beyondthetrope.com. Hi, my name is Paul Caroli, and I host a podcast called Changing Denver. It's a monthly show about our city's physical spaces, how we make them, and how they make us. But it's so much more than that. It's the conversations, ideas, and stories that define Denver's perpetual state of flux. Find more from our team at changingdenver.com and join the conversation on Twitter at Changing Denver. Denver's changing. We can help. Hi, I'm Jimmy Palmiotti, and you're listening to Real Nerds Podcast. Now pay attention and stop playing with your dick. Podcast unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con. Really? While I'm while I'm talking, I got you some candies. Okay, I forgive you. Candy Actually, sticks. Remember when you we were younger and they were cigarettes? My future mother-in-law got these for me, but I'm sharing them with you. I don't All know right. what I don't know what a candy stick is. Here, these everybody have some cigarettes. candy sticks. It's what I probably should be using. Oh, are they just candy <laughs> cigarettes? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really disappointing. Here's a whole carton. Of well, is that one with the green goblin on it? <laughs> Uh, you gave th- me the one with venom on it, you I bastard. Know. <laughs> There's only two sticks of, of box. Uh, what's that, a flaming Here's a clay-faced-looking guy, you thief. Oh, you, that's Jack-O-Lantern? What is he doing on I it? I don't know what this one is. Is that a vulture? It's like a that's weird the beetle. This is like fire. These are all Batman villains over here. <laughs> Firefly, <laughs> Clayface. We should see. What did the Firefly come out before with the beetle? <gasps> Ryan, look! Iron. Oh, the shocker! Yeah, <laughs> he does look oh. like Iron Man. He does look like Iron Man. This is a really shitty until shocker I costume. until I noticed the quilts. Yeah, exactly. The quilt is what makes it great. Uh, anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. It's all right. We're unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic Con 2018 and beyond. I am Ryan. With me is Brad, Zach, James, and we have a special guest, Corinne. Welcome back. Thanks, guys. Love the shirt. Go Rockies. Oh, sure. They 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 need to rally and. You know, make it to the playoffs. Did they Purple play today? Rain. <laughs> Maybe. Is it baseball season? It, it is. is. Um, and hopefully the Broncos can rebound. I mean, it could be worse. It could be the Dolphins. Um, they yeah. lost to. Oh, the, we lost to the Bills today. Yeah, we did. Oh wow. Uh, they lost to the New York Jets, who were projected to lose every game this year. So, and got smushed. I mean, I can't believe Jay Cutler isn't working out for you guys. I haven't been paying attention. I haven't been paying attention to football at all. So this is all news to me. <laughs> you're a, you're a Jets fan. I don't know what's going on. No. no. Miami oh, fan. Yeah. Oh, Miami. Yeah. The Dolphins? Yeah, but I'm oh. used to medioc- mediocrity, so like... <laughs> you can't be like winners like the Broncos all the time. I get it. <laughs> we, we all can't be. Didn't you guys lose five Super Bowls? How many Super Bowls have you been to? <laughs> <laughs> Three. Uh, yeah, there we go. Welcome to Sports Corner. Welcome to Sports Corner. You didn't know that. Candy Not only is Ryan a real nerd, but he's also a sports nerd. Something you learned every day. Mm. 
The more you know. Exactly. So you you never you never know when it's going to happen, and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, Ryan is not just good looks; he's also <laughs> a wonderful voice and no sports. No these gar- these garbage <laughs> sticks are delicious. Garbage sticks. <laughs> it's, the, it's the worst candy, but they taste like sucking on bubble gum. It looks like chalk. It is. It's, it's like, basically hey, you know all that residue. On I, just, I honestly on the can't believe floor. the jack o' lantern is on there. <laughs> now, can I see that real fast, Corinne? It could be Mad Jack. Let me look at what version. Why are they those have. two different characters? Oh, oh, because comics have been around for eighty years. Uh, man, I don't know which one that is. I'm going to say it's a jack o' lantern because of the flaming pumpkin. Um, well, you see, James, um, <laughs> the Spider-Man villain Jack O'Lantern actually made his appearance in Captain America 242, and after oh. he died, James uh, Jason McIndale took the guys as a Jack O'Lantern, and then he killed the Hobgoblin and became the Hobgoblin. Oh wow! And then the original Hobgoblin came back and killed him. Oh wow! And uh, this Mad Jack is actually the niece of Mysterio, so she uses oh. hallucinogenics and stuff. To She's a, she's a lady villain. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, So and she has a, like a pet cat named Maguire who is... Yeah. I think... Did I mess that up? Maybe I messed that up. Fuck cats. But that's a convoluted history of the jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> I well, love the new openings to the show the, 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 for the past couple of weeks. It's either fuck Best Buy or... You see, James. Back okay, in the days so <laughs> I went to Best Buy this week, which which weeks ago had many switches, and I was like, you know what? I'm finally going to buy a switch. And then they didn't have any switches. I'm waiting three weeks to get the Mario one. Oh well, I pre-ordered the game, uh, but I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure that there's going to be a Mario package. There so, is. There is. Oh, so, did they announce one? So it's like Mario Red. <gasps> it comes with the game, and you also get a Mario carrying case with it. Can I pre-order it on Amazon? No. Fuck. I check every day. <laughs> when I can, when you can, I'll let you know, and you pre-order it too. No, I'm just gonna buy a Switch and play Steam World Dig in my bed. Steam World Dig. Dig. It's like a it's like a digging game. I thought you said. Do you, you dig, like you said Steamroll you dig, dig. You dig down. And you get some gold, and then you buy a new pick, and you dig better. You you dick better. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> There's a lady in That's this right. room. Honestly, That's right. I wasn't paying attention. So. <laughs> That's right. Corinne's also here too. <laughs> yeah. Back to your like, and, jokes. And, and like most of our fans of this show. Like, oh my God. like most of our fans. I'm sorry. Not really paying attention. <laughs> I would just like to point out that every time I show up, I have at least two people listen to the podcast. Yeah. So. <laughs> No, we're we're doing fine. We appreciate you our coming on, though. We double. love expanding our audience. Mm. Yeah. Plus, it sweeps week. And now it's all of four people. Nice. Mm. <laughs> See? Mm. Hey, and uh, actually, I do have some news. Um, I shared it with Brad, and I have I don't know if the rest of you have heard this. What? But first, yeah. I'll tell you what we do. Every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a new movie, and we podcast our experience to the world. Yay. This week, we saw Kingsman, The Golden Circle. Yep. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned to see if you should go see Kingsman. We'll say if you should see or not, play the trailer, then spoil the movie. Um. So this week, Alamo Drafthouse had a very, very special guest. Bruce Campbell came to Alamo Drafthouse and did his last fan standing trivia thing, signed, personally signed books, and um, introduced Army of Darkness. So it was, it was a day full of fun, which, by the way, I'm pretty sure my clicker was broken because I only missed two questions on it. Oh, so you so, were a part of the game Yeah, show? so like they give you a clicker, and there's 25 questions at the beginning. Oh, wow. And so, and then they take the top top four. Right. I missed two, but there was like two questions like, this Longma author wrote this book, and no one like, who the... F-? And it's like some children of whatever, and I got that one right. And then there was another one like, uh, for this Burn Notice actor lives in Colorado, which Burn Notice actor? Like, stuff that they throw in there to like balance it up. Yeah. And I got those ones right. The only one I miss is I put in... Um, I pushed the wrong button number for one of them, 
And then the other one I couldn't remember. I can't remember the things. I was like six. I'm like, how the fuck did I not get sure, the top four? It was the machine. Oh, no, but it was like. But then I was like listening to people around me, and there's it, there was questions like, uh, why did Silver Surfer get his powers? And I mean, if you're a comic nerd like me, a lot of people aren't going to know that he did that to save his home world from Galactus. I knew that. See, exactly. So it's stuff like that. But, you know, the common nerd's not going to know goofy stuff like that. What's a silver surfer? See? Yep. <laughs> exactly. He's, he's that character from the TV show Doug. Mm-hmm. And I know not every... And, the, like, the dude ne- who next to me, who uh, started talking to me, who liked our podcast, Eric, hi, if you're listening. Thanks hi, for Eric. liking us. Um, he said he missed seven. So, like... I can't believe any in the top four. I was so fucking mad. And then <laughs> the questions that he was asking in the like the top four, I like knew all the answers. I was so fucking mad. But anyways, so um, when we were there, uh, if you got signed up for the VIP like I did and paid, Bruce Campbell would personalize your book. If not, you like it was like sixty bucks, and they live streamed it next to in the next theater and then yeah. you picked up a sign and you book. picked up a sign book so he just signed it yeah. but he was pretty cool he went over there and like hung out with him for like 10 15 minutes oh cool um so anyways so that all happens and the game show's over and um i had this plan where i was going to walk up to bruce campbell and ask if he'd do a bumper for our our podcast yeah but i got something better <gasps> um brad will you play my exclusive interview with bruce campbell right now are yep. you shitting me yeah here we not. go Bruce, I like your shorts, man. Hey, thanks. I love your shoes. They match your uh, my pocket pocket square. Poof. Not a square. It's a poof. It's a poof. It's an explosion of color, sir. Pocket squares are worn by squares. Oh, see, so much smarter than me. No, it's just my opinion. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Thanks, brother. Have a nice day. What you just heard was thirty seconds of me interviewing Bruce Campbell. (laughs) Oh man, and actually, it was pretty fun. Did he let you touch him? Ah, uh, yeah, I shook his hand. <gasps> so well, he did that like ten years ago when he was at the yeah. Vine, so. I mean, I, I've met him before. He's a really cool guy. Um, now that we play that, I'll, I'll tell you the the real story. So, <laughs> um, so he said. So he he left while they're like kind of organizing stuff, and his manager or his handler said, "Okay, guys, uh, Bruce will uh, sign personally sign your book and like one more item if you have it." But he won't personally sign each item. There's like, I don't know how, like 300 people in the theater. So it's too, too long. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she can bring up your Funko Pop action figure of Bruce and he'll sign it. I have one of those. Yeah. And uh, he said, but he's not going to sign. Um, you know, he's only going to sign one thing. So we got to keep the line moving because it's just, I don't know how to say this without sounding like a butthead, but his manager seemed like he thought he was more important than Bruce Campbell. Um, I know they'll never listen to this podcast, so I don't care. Um, <laughs> and his name was Mike. So I could tell by the way he was talking that maybe I should run something by his manager before I go up there and just – and I was ta- texting Brad at the same time. Yeah. I like, maybe I should run it by his manager. And Steve and Kendall were there. So I was like, oh, oh cool. I'll, I'll talk to Steve and then I'll go talk to his manager. Yeah. And so I talked to Steve. I said, hey, you, I said, do you think Bruce Campbell would care about this? He said, oh, dude, Bruce is like awesome and he's in a really good mood today. I think you're good. I said, awesome. So I went up to Mike and I said, hey, Mike, my name's Ryan. I'm with a podcast. I just wondering. He's like, no. Wow. <laughs> Get I, fucked, Mike. I said, really? I was like, whoa. All right. So I was texting wow. Brad. And uh, while I was texting Brad, I was like, what should I do? Should I record my conversation with him? Should I? And Brad's like, well, try to work in Denver and podcast. I'm like, yeah, I'll do yeah, that. I said, like, just hold your phone to your side and then ask him, like, hey, you know, 
uh, thanks for coming to Denver. What do you think? Let's, so maybe he'll say something like, oh, I love being in Denver. Or yes. something, and then we could cut that out and make it, <laughs> yeah, make the... it like a bumper. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so while I'm waiting to go up there and I'm just sitting there and uh, this guy has his first book of chins could kill. And this is like the second part, second act he's calling it. Mm-hmm. And his manager, Mike, says, Bruce will only personalize his new book. And Bruce, I'm not even kidding. Bruce Campbell's like, fuck him. And like, <laughs> and signed the guy's book. I was like, all right. I Holy think I, shit. I think I'm all right. Um, and so when I went up there, uh, he told me I ha- he liked my shorts. I was wearing my, my red plaid shorts I always wear. And I was wearing my, <laughs> I was wearing my real nerds, uh, shirt. Sure. Yeah. And he said he liked my shorts. I was like, oh, I love your shoes. They match your pocket square. He's like, that's actually a pocket poof. And uh, so it's a really like funny 30 second conversation about style. And he says the difference between a uh, pocket poof and a pocket square is only squares where pocket squares. Aww. I said, you're a wise man. He's like, not wise, just my opinion. <laughs> so uh, it was pretty funny. Cool. Uh, but what's great at uh, being there, Bruce Campbell is really good at being Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Like he's really funny and he could have left, but he said, does anybody have questions about Army of Darkness? And everyone asked the same questions. And, I mean, he's been doing it for almost 30 years. He had an answer and a joke for every question they asked. Wow. Uh, but the funny part, when he was doing his, like, little last fan standing, he'd be say, like, uh, this uh, is Spider-Man's girlfriend, redheaded girlfriend. And he'd be like, funny you should mention Spider-Man. I don't know if you know this. I was in all three movies. <laughs> and he'd tell stories about it. It was pretty great. That's um, cool. Um, so yeah, Bruce Campbell's awesome. I um, realized when you were saying you could have people like you could sign other things. I should have I should have given you this creepy like just the face of Bruce Campbell that I have. <laughs> you should have um, that I actually like. Brooks gave this to me, and I kept meaning to give it to you, but instead it has just leaned on the back wall, staring at me as I go to bed every night. Nice, um, which is pretty terrifying. It's great. It's great. Yeah. And then he yelled at everybody because he said that uh, Ash vs Evil Dead will probably get canceled. Oh. And he says it's your fault for not buying stars. <laughs> oh, that sucks. And he's saying the story he says, like, but stars cost $10 a month. He says, well, it's three for 30 days. So download the app, download all the episodes, Ben, watch it, then delete the app. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's advice from Bruce Campbell. Funny. It was cool. Fun. Well, congratulations. Yeah, I know. And I got the book signed, and he was funny. And uh, his manager was not very nice, though. Yeah. But I get it. I'm sure. And, you know, he probably deals with shit all the time. And, I mean, you have to keep it moving. Yeah. And there's a time limit because I'm sure he's probably in another city the next day. It's unfortunately yeah. unnecessary evil. <laughs> yeah. And it's and it's not the actor because he was actually really cool. Yeah. But if I'm guessing it's a lot like um, if there, he didn't have someone there keeping him on schedule, it'd probably take a really long time. It, it, I think you should have gone for it because like what <laughs> what's what's really the consequence? Like, yeah. uh, like you're well, going to go to the back of the Alamo draft house. They're not going to keep you out. Right. You're not going to talk to Bruce Campbell in the future like you don't hang out you're a the, police officer so if they try to throw you out you can claim they're assaulting a police officer <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> one that doesn't work <laughs> and two i have too much respect for steve in the alamo draft house true to do something that would yeah jeopardize whatever they were doing yeah that's fair and uh, uh, brad you listen to it. it's pretty funny yeah it's a funny like little 30 second clip you know it's whatever because he was wearing really cool shoes they were like maroon in his Pocket poof was maroon too. Well, he is the essence of cool. I would assume he'd have cool shoes. So <laughs> he cool. is cool. Yeah. Um. So speaking of the Alamo Draft House, this is what's playing at the Alamo Draft House this week. Hello. Hi, I'm Kevin Smith. Hi, I'm Leonard Maltin. Hi, I'm Mark Hamill. Hi, I'm Elijah Wood. This is Seth Rogen. I'm Christopher Mintz Ross. I'm Armstar. 
Welcome to the Alamo Draft House. Can I just say that um, I did get to go to the Spaceballs movie party a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago? Oh, we were at the theater at the same time. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Zach and I were there seeing... Or no, and That's where we saw Mother. Yeah, yeah we all saw Mother yeah, right we, then. we saw Mother instead We were probably Spaceballs. standing in the lobby as you left. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Good time. Very I'd cool. never been to a movie party before, and I told everybody it was like, seeing your favorite artist in concert, because everybody was like, you know, quoting the movie along with it and doing the little noisemakers and props and stuff we, cool. when we got out of the theater Spaceballs was getting out at the same time and there was a, a group of kids and you guys i guess you guys all got schwartz ring, rings yep. or something like that in the yep. party bag mm-hmm. and all these kids were like using the schwartz rings and they're trying to recreate Spaceballs. and i leaned over to brad and i was just like i don't want to be a dick but i really want to go over to those kids and tell them like, you're using the schwartz wrong <laughs> or like or like totally force awakens it and go like that's not how the schwartz works <laughs> That would have been awesome. It would have been creepy too. So I, that's why you I should stay away from kids. That's, Zach. that's why I <laughs> don't go on your kids. I'm gonna make a great uncle. No, I was hoping the Green Goblins in here. They don't have the Green Goblin, but they have the Beetle, Jack O' Lantern, and the Shocker. Well, they're candy sticks. Uh, yeah, so they have the best villain. <laughs> they don't and, have the best. And the guy budget. who looks like Clayface. Uh, that's the Sandman. Whatever. Oh, yeah, Clayface. but this is the weird. This this is a weird version of Sandman who looks like Clayface. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not cool. Uh, anyways, uh, playing. At the draft house is Beach Rats, which looks like it's some indie movie that I'm sure uh, Steve I, programmed. Is it? <laughs> I thought it was a neon, not a neon, but a draft house like centric thing. Mm-hmm. It is. Stand by uh, what I'm, I just I'm said. I'm pretty sure it's a neon. No. Uh, Scanner Darkly, which is a really cool Robert Downey Jr. movie if you haven't seen it. Yeah, they're doing all Philip K. Dick stuff uh, this month and next month for obvious reasons. Uh, Dirty Ryan Scoundrels, Beer Dinner, oh, I love it. and Silent Running. There you go. Silent Running. What is Silent Running? I know mm. that movie. Uh, Death Race cool 2000. Running, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Wait, Death Race 2000? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. The movie's really boring, but it's cool. Lolita and the Graveyard Shift presents The Night Porter. And I don't know what it's about, but some chick looking at a dude who has a Nazi symbol on him. And yeah. Then they, and then they like have animal sex or something. What? Yeah. Uh, on Thursday, they're going to start oh, showing no. uh, The Battle of the Sexes. That's pretty cool. I can't yeah. believe that's showing up here. Because it's only in like 25 theaters. I want to see that. Um, the f- what's that? Dead Man with Arkansas Traveler. That's an old Johnny Depp movie. Yep, mm-hmm. in black and white. That looks fun, but, um, but on purpose, not because of time. Yeah. No. Uh, Fantastic f- uh, Fest Brawl in a Cell in Cell Block Ninety Nine. Oh yeah, that's part of their like whole live stream thing, like with the Fantastic. Yeah, Fest. and they also have My Friend Dahmer, which is the Jeffrey Dahmer thing. So that should uh, be nice and creepy. Oh well, yeah, that sounds cool. I wanted it. Uh, they're also yeah. showing Apple Cart and Blade of the Immortal. And Jailbreak, and The Square, and Top Knot Detective. Steve said if you had to pick one Fantastic Fest movie to see, you need to see The Square. Oh. Huh. So, and then whatever the Agfa film is, which is it's a secret until I think that night. So. Oh, okay. And that's what's playing at the Alamo Draft House this week. Cool. Uh, next month, I have like a lot of bunch of really cool horror films. Yeah. Like the trailer I saw was pretty sweet before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, did you see the one with the Shaun of the Dead and yeah. all the zombies? I mean, I, and I'm biased every time I see Shaun of the Dead. I'm like, oh, that looks great. It might make every other movie look great while I'm watching it. <laughs> yes. I don't know. <laughs> but that's a strong There were some good stuff. I mean, it's true. They're showing the thing. So yeah. it's hard to beat. And I, I think I saw a flash at Bad Moon. They're going to show Bad Moon, oh. which is a really obscure werewolf movie. That's, is that a Stephen King one? That, no. That, oh, okay. that, was a, that was a 96 yeah. pick for you. Yeah. Yep. And oh, it's yeah. a book right. called, uh, based on a book called Thor. Um, yeah, I can't believe it's thunder. <laughs> I wish that be dude. Werewolf versus Thor. <gasps> Sign me up. What if it's Werewolf Thor? They fight him. 
a giant wolf in the new Ragnarok trailer. Yes. They do fight a wolf. Yes. <laughs> but I want I want Thor to become a werewolf. <laughs> like Thor. a werewolf that can call down lightning. Thor wolf. <gasps> oh my goodness. Copyright on this podcast. I'm pretty Love sure Chris Thor. What if he was a wolf? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Thor is in the public domain. We we can make this happen. Yes. Yeah. Thor got it's just yeah. yeah, just as long as it's not Marvel Thor. It's mythology. Yeah. Right. Yeah. My guess is the Marvel trademarks are probably the cape and the helmet. It's the it's the Thor. Yeah, the six dots for yeah. sure. Uh, it's the Thor from um, uh, uh, mythology. No, 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 no. <laughs> the 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 babysitter movie. No, nope, that's Marvel Thor. Oh shit! It is credited in the credits. Pay Brad? attention to your credits from your favorite films from 1987. Uh, that wasn't on there, Brett. Yeah, that's one of mine. What? You have some more around around town, don't you? Oh, going around town? Oh, I guess James is the fucking host of this show. I just want to move on. Um, apparently... We need our musical intro. <laughs> fucking better. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so I, I updated iOS 11 over the weekend because I have an Apple Watch now. Yeah. Um, Nerd. Me too. But, uh, Upgrades. I don't have an Apple Watch, but I updated oh, my yeah. phone. And it's not running very well. I can't. The Landmark Theaters app won't open. It says needs to be updated, so okay. And then it just doesn't update. So I think it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. If it's not this week, then it's the next week. But Yeah. I think. Um, so if you want to do a different segment while I figure that out. I'm working on it. Yeah, look that up. This. I'll tell you the drive-in. All right, what's going on in the drive-in? Um, they're still doing Atomic Blonde, It, and Annabelle creation. Nice. But then it changes to uh, something else. I think it's Ninjago. Oh, sorry. You're right. It, it's yeah. it's Ninjago, uh, It. I keep wanting to call it IT. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it and uh, Annabelle creation. So so Ninjago's, all the comments on the Facebook page are like, that's an interesting combination. Like. <laughs> Kid movie the and, then and then horrific. And Daddy. Yeah. Kid movie and then kids get eaten movie. <laughs> Usually the middle one's at least like a PG thirteen, but it like goes from like PG to R real quick. <laughs> nice. I so, took a really dark turn. Um and then do you have it do you have it up? Uh yeah. So on September twenty ninth, uh oh, it's gonna be the room and Rocky Horror Picture. Oh. Yeah, oh hi Mark. <laughs> Did you see but, the new trailer for the, that? Yeah. Oh my gosh, awesome. that new trailer is so fucking good. Yeah. It doesn't work if you look at the camera. <laughs> is this alley looks just like the alley outside when he's out there? Because it's a real Hollywood movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, his impression is so good of I've, that. I have never seen. They the need room, to see so my ass. Oh, to sell you, this movie. you really should see it. I would say if you, I wish you'd come to see it when we went and saw it with with Tommy Wiseau there. It's only worth seeing like in public with other people. Yeah, you really should see it with other people. You should see it if Tommy Wiseau is there because he's a fucking wax figure come alive. He's the most bizarre heroin addict you've ever seen in and real possibly life. a vampire. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know yet. Um, oh gosh, it's so weird. Yeah, Brad and, and, and you movie. should see it before the Disaster Artist because honestly, that movie's going to be a lot funnier if you have. S- I actually think it would be really interesting if you just watch the room at home. I think I'm going to see it and on then, Amazon. Oh yeah, but if you watch the room at home, it won't be as much fun for you to watch the room. But you might have a really good time watching the Disaster Artist in a way that we won't because. The disaster artist will draw attention to things that we've probably all like studied and are already made fun of and laughed about, right? I did watch an interview with the guy who wrote it, and he said he's watched the uh, the room more than a hundred times, but less than a hundred and fifty. Interesting. He's keeping score. Oh 
or he has limitations. Right. <laughs> but he you has never know. boundaries, guys. But you never know. He wrote a book, and now he's a big Hollywood movie. 150 is... Was the interview that you listened to? Which one? Greg, Greg Sestero. Sestero. The guy, uh, the guy who wrote the book. Yeah, the guy who wrote yeah, the book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brad and I, Brad and I got to talk to him for yeah. a little while last year when they showed the room. He's a he's a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. He seems not like he's on heroin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> seems like he's very well balanced. <laughs> Tommy Wiseau tried to sell us all his underwear. Yep. <laughs> Super weird. He has Mike, his own that underwear he was line. wearing. Uh, yeah. Well, he was showing us would... the ones he was wearing, but he was selling regular, maybe unworn pairs. Yeah. <laughs> He, like, wears them and puts I'm, price tags on them? Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure. Well, no, they had his name on them. Like, on the waistband, they were like, Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Did he wrote them on there? or like No, no, no. I think they were there. printed. Okay. I think they were nice. You just run over to Walmart, branded. grab a pack, yeah, sign when, them. When, when, <laughs> where's my Sharpie? <laughs> when someone said to him, like, hey, you really need to figure out how to monetize how weirdly famous you are, he was like, I have idea. <laughs> <laughs> I make underwear. They have my name on them. On them. We do add. I have access to cameras. <laughs> I go. I go. Th- I go from theater to theater and sell underwear, and everyone just laughs at him. It's so weird. And I, honestly, I mean, I was two feet away from the guy. Up close, he still looks like a like Madame Tussauds wax figure. It's super weird. Do you think I, he's I think such he's a, a genius robot. that he's in on the joke? No, nah. I think he's a heroin addict. Like I just, I don't think he's real. In, this, in the Sestero interview, we saw like he talked about how he's like super depressed <laughs> after the movie came out and. Mm. Uh, people are like laughing in the theater, and yeah. he like really believes in it. Yeah, yeah. isn't yeah. It, like thirty percent though on Rotten Tomatoes? Like somebody likes it. I like it. It's awful. <laughs> really, thirty percent? I think so. That's strange. I'm surprised <laughs> it's not higher. Honestly, like because people who love and have seen that movie love that movie because they appreciate like this is so terrible. I mean. I- how many movies have you seen with two different sex scenes in it that use the same shots of the director's ass? Like. It's just awful. Why is he it's... fucking her belly button? That's <laughs> where her vagina is, right? <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. It's terrible. Mm. But in a way, I think that it might end up being this generation's Ed Wood, which is pretty oh, it, cool. It so. absolutely is. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's worse than Plan 9. So the last thing you can see uh, around town this week is on Tuesday is open screen night. And it's at cool. the Buck Theater, 7 o'clock. Pool party. <laughs> we are having a pool party. And I, I don't see... You can't see the air quotes on the podcast. So. Are you putting slip and slides down the aisle? <laughs> That'd be oh. sweet. I wish. Or are you playing pool? That's another way to think ah. of it. No. Did you design the poster? I did. I was That's why it the looks poster. so great. It does, but apparently it hasn't attracted a lot of people to want to go, so it's oh. failing in its job. Well, I don't think it's the poster. Yeah. I think it's pools. <laughs> it's raining outside, so nobody wants to go to a pool. Yeah, it's, it's, I saw some of your neighbors were at the pool earlier. Weird. Yeah. Is there a hot tub, maybe? I don't, I don't care. Just go home. <laughs> but yeah, if you, you, <laughs> it's five bucks. Come hang out. Watch a bunch of local films. If they're, if, if, I think we have three so far. Cool. Um, and then, um, yeah, it, bring your own if you well, want. Well, now you can show Jean-Claude Van Damme's damn van again. It I has was, to be less than 10 minutes. But, but you can fill up the time. If there's no one else, fill <laughs> up the time. Yeah. yeah. Make it about you, Brad. Come on. Or just show it as the Lost Ark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and the, the bug has a new screen and projector, so Ooh. that should be even more incentive. And it looks great. Cool. Like, it's a great setup. Very cool. James? What? Engage Real News. <gasps> oh, okay. It's Real News! Uh, 
Uh, there are only uh, three things worth talking about this week. Uh, the first is, did you see the Tomb Raider trailer? I did. Oh, my god. I goodness. listened to the director's commentary behind it, too. It's so weird because it looks exactly like the video game. He, uh, if you in listen the, to the commentary, he says that he purposely took shots from the video game yeah. and put them in there because he loved it so much. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. He's Norwegian, so he says stuff like, but like I also put my own spin on vi- movie. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> He well, seems like a nice guy. Yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, cool. I'm sure he's great. It's just Ryan's imitation is adorable. <laughs> um, no, I, I think it looks cool. You know, and she looks ripped in it. I'm like, wow, she yeah. like. No, she's doing bust- great. And I heard she busted her ass to do all the stunts and um, train with the bow and arrow. So good for her. Yeah. She has Remember when she was running in the trailer and she suits a dude in the head with a bow and arrow? Oh, yeah. yeah. <gasps> yes. Oh, man. It's pretty cool. Yep. I want to see that movie. Me too. I, I mean, like yeah. six months. It's so far from now. Uh, in other news, uh, Tom Hardy is going to play Venom. Yeah. Um, and also, Disney is making a sequel, a sequel to The Rocketeer. That's Can you believe it? No. That was news. Like, Holy shit. Early this year. Hey, Brad, shut up. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's not really any other news. Uh, there was a cool, the, the new Murder on the Orient Express trailer I saw before our movie mm-hmm. this week, and I thought it was pretty good. Um, I always have faith in Kenneth Branagh. I, I still the yeah. only thing problem I have is it's set in this really cool like Victorian setting, and then it's like whoosh, 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 like this really like, oh yeah, there's like a modern it's just marketing. Yeah. Ryan. I it was supposed I know. to be 1920s. Yeah, it is not Victorian. Well, whatever. Ryan doesn't know <laughs> about time. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe it's 18s, 80s. That's Victorian. Hmm. Lawyered. <laughs> I, I took it's wow. really 1920s. <laughs> yeah, from the dress and stuff. Oh, that's where I missed it. I thought it was the ties and also because that's when it's set yes <laughs> sure uh i was seeing it with rafe though who knows nothing about murder in the Orient express and he's like oh this looks cool and i was like yeah it does it's an amazing mystery movie that if you haven't had it spoiled for you you will probably have a great time um, you should have a great time the performance is oh elevated. i'm i'm going to enjoy it it's just you know it's one of those things that once once you know you you know it's a it's you a whodunit so you, could watch you can't. It you you can't. You can't experience it the first time again. You know. I haven't seen it, but I know what. You happens. know the thing. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't say it. Dang it. So it's cool. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. Other than that, is there other news that I missed? Well, there's a trailer for something Brad wants to see. <gasps> oh, the dog movie. Yeah. Oh, the Isle of Dogs. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Let's play that. Okay. Okay. The Japanese archipelago, 20 years in the future. Canine saturation has reached epidemic proportions. An outbreak of dog flu rips through the city of Megasaki. Mayor Kobayashi issues emergency orders, calling for a hasty quarantine. Trash Island becomes an exiled colony. The Isle of Dogs. I don't think I can stomach any more of this garbage. Exactly. Same here. Words out of my mouth. Nobody's giving up around here, and don't you forget it, ever. You're Rex. You're King. You're Duke. You're Boss. I'm Chief. We're a pack of scary, indestructible alpha dogs. Atari Kobayashi, you heroically hijacked a junior turboprop XJ750 and flew it to the island because of your dog. I've got a crush on you. We get the idea. 
You were looking for your lost dog spots. Does anybody know him? No. no. I've lost all of my pride. Spots, if he's alive, may very well be living even at this moment as a captive prisoner. Somebody is up to something. Will you help him? <laughs> the little pilot. Why should I? Because he's a 12-year-old boy. Dogs love those. We'll find him. Wherever he is, if he's alive, we'll find your dog. Ah! It's gonna be a fight! I wish somebody spoke his language. North, a long rickety causeway over a noxious sludge marsh leading to a radioactive landfill polluted by toxic chemical garbage. That's our destination. Great. Got it. Get ready to jump. I actually haven't watched the entire trailer. I haven't watched it's it either. So weird. Even even for Wes Anderson. <laughs> so whenever Wes Anderson has a new movie, we know it's going to be on Brad's top ten. And we're just uh, true. So it's just we just associate it with Brad. It's a it's like a Fantastic Fox looking animation movie about a bunch of dogs on an yeah. island. Well, this time he's not stuck to the raw doll material. He can do his own thing. So true. Yeah. Is it supposed to be with like Lord of the Flies, but with dogs? I have no idea. All I saw was the title for the trailer. No. Yeah. It... <laughs> <laughs> well, what I can gather is like the Japanese have outlawed dogs in their city, and so they put them all on an island. Trash island. Trash island. Yeah, and uh, a boy in a rocket ship lands there, and he's trying to Wait, find his what? dog. Yeah. You gotta watch the trailer, dude. Like, I, I, I had to watch it twice to be like, did I just see what I saw? See, I, I like Wes Anderson weird. Yeah, because it's it's fun. You know, when you see the Moonrise Kingdom uh-huh. and it has weird Aww. moments in it, I think it's great. Oh yeah, I'm, so not, I'm not saying it looks like bad or anything. It's just oh. like it's it took me aback because I was like, this is interesting. Like, yeah. it's, it's a dystopian future movie in a weird way. So sounds good. I'll see it. Yeah. Hopefully, we didn't just make people sit. Is there is there dialogue in the trailer? Or oh yeah, we yeah, just, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. we didn't just make people sit through a whole bunch of weird music. It's actually a yeah, live dialogue. Yeah. Oh, or just, just, just two <laughs> all minutes. The dog, all the dogs have like Brian's. Like one of them's Brian's Cranston. All the dogs are Brian's Cranston. <laughs> no, <laughs> but that's just like one of them that Brian I saw. Brian Cranston is one. Instead Brian of barking, is another. They go, Jesse. Yeah, but they all have human voices. But yeah. Cool. But most of them are like the traditional Wes Anderson repertoire. Yeah. Does their hair constantly like flicker yeah. in, in, in that same <laughs> weird way? Yeah, like cool. someone's been animating them by hand. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's neat. Um, I just want to bring it up really quickly, though. There was another trailer that came out this week for the, the director of Bull Durham is back, and this time he's doing an old people versus another old person movie called Just Getting Started, and it's basically Tommy Lee Jones and Morgan Freeman fighting each other in a retirement home. Huh. And like I saw the trailer, I'm like, this looks bland as hell. I'm going opening night. <laughs> huh. I I have to see like what else Morgan Freeman can do to be raunchy at this point. I want to know his limit. Does Morgan Freeman ever run and shoot an uh, an arrow at a guy's face? No, he does not. So he's not as cool as Laura Croft. I'm uninterested. Yes. We also buy Blu-rays some weeks. Might not this week, but this is what's happening. Oh on yes, Blu-ray. we will. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Speaking of which, I got into it with... I'm sorry, go ahead, Karen. I was just going to say, 
just gonna. Can I have oh some yeah, more here. Candy? Uh, would you <laughs> like a shocker? Yeah. Okay. I'm not <laughs> That's not. I meant it. I meant it in a straightforward and polite way. Oh my gosh, Ryan! That didn't even occur to me. Well, it occurred to me as I said. You got to be dirty like me and Brad, because me and Brad gave each other like the same other look. look. <laughs> Did you hear what I heard? Yeah. Space Camp is out on Blu-ray this week. I saw it at VHS at Tradesmart, and I, I wish I'd gotten it. Well, oh, the, uh, the VHS of Space Camp? Yeah, because they showed the trailer for it at like, some Alamo movie, and like yeah, it looks like great 80s yeah. space. Like, Leah Thompson's in it. And <laughs> I'm going to turn right off. What? Um... Hey, we, we're talking about Kingsman this week. We have enough butt jokes uh, coming up. Two so. in the pink and one in the sting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ryan. Uh, you can find that classic song on Still Panthers, Feel the Steel. Is the call, song called The Shocker? It is. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. They were at Fiddler's, I think, on Friday. Saturday. Or Saturday. Yeah. I was going to go, but the tic- it's a festival and tickets were 100 bucks. Oh, never oh, mind. Gross. For lawn. Yeah, well, God. Yeah. And, uh, what festival? That's like uh, Elevation High, yeah. High Elevation, yeah. something like that. It's some kind of rock fest. I just know it means traffic's <laughs> high elevation. It's <laughs> yeah. true. Yeah, Leia Thompson is in Space Camp. Uh, See, the, shocker, the shocker's about when you do too much drugs and your dick don't work, but your two fingers and, and your pinky do. <laughs> I'm doing a public service and going <laughs> off <everyone>. the rails. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the Transformers The Last Night is on 4K this week and Blu-ray and a different Blu-ray and a Steelbook edition and a different Blu-ray edition and there's probably like a 3D edition even though that wasn't a thing this time. Of what? I'm sorry? Transformers The Last Night. (laughs) There is a 3D edition exclusive to Best Buy. Great. So that'll be in the bin really soon. (laughs) There were almost as many Transformers uh, Blu-rays this week as there were Wonder Woman Blu-rays last week. You know what sucks is have you seen the Steelbooks at target for transformers they're like awesome mm-hmm. and i'll never buy them but they look cool yep transformers one's really good and transformers whatever this one is kind of fun anyway uh speaking of garbage uh david lynch the art of light or the art life comes out on blu-ray this week the art life. let me talk about my movie um that's my horrible it, david lynch yeah that was bad yeah that, that movie is a fucking like chore <laughs> I heard yeah. it's literally just you it's watch just, him paint. You watch him paint and talk, and it, I was the most self-serving bullshit I ever saw. Oh, like pretty much everything David Lynch does. And um, debatable, but uh, that movie oh, this definitely is a sucks. Syndrome, so let me move that to the end. Oh, there we go. Uh, 1979's The Long Riders gets a Blu-ray release this week, as well as uh, Queen of the Desert, uh, which is a movie with Nicole Kidman. Uh, there's something called Red Net, which is some kind of horror movie. Where a man wears a bag on his head. Uh, the, <laughs> that's what's the cover. Uh, the Princess Bride is a, uh, another release, but the cover looks cool. It looks better than the shitty one that I have. But anyway, uh, Flatliners is getting a uh, seal book this week. Uh, the original Flatliners, not the movie from this year. With Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> yep. Uh, will also be in the remake. There's a steel book edition of Bride of the Reanimator. Um that hasn't already been out. Has it, it has. Yeah. It has the Steel Book? No. no. Oh, okay. Okay. Because it, it was pretty far down the list, but I I also am not sure yet whether or not Blu-ray.com lists things in preferential order. Uh, Shout Factory this week is a movie called After Midnight, uh, where a woman falls into a clock on fire. Oh, uh, yeah, just, I think that's an anthology. Uh, One terror, of the... terror has no curfew. 
It's a horrible box art, but it's. I'm pretty sure it's the box art that was on the VHS. Yeah. Do you remember it from Blockbuster? I I, no, I remember. I, don't. I remember that cover. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that movie though. Yeah, I don't remember this this cover at all. It sounds it's like one pretty of those titles terrible. Where I'm like, yeah, I saw that, and then I find out like, no, I didn't. <laughs> I actually didn't believe it was a Shout Factory when I opened it because I was like, this this cover is too bad to. But uh, anyway, uh, much better is the uh, the the cover for It Stains the Sands Red. Yes. Which I think is just a movie where uh, an Italian. attractive woman hits zombies in the head with a shovel, <laughs> uh, which is in a desert, obviously, and then nice. it stains the sands. So it's like Lord's of Arabia, but with zombies. Uh, yeah, yeah, or basically. Maybe it takes place at a beach, James. And then the whole set. It could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the voice idiot. of reason. Very fair. Um, did you just assume that sands? James identity? turns his hat backwards, <laughs> and he just becomes not intelligent. I did. Uh, Okay, so and then the last three things are from Vinegar Syndrome. This week they've got Psychos in Love, uh, which is some kind of woman yelling, and then it's got a weird sticker on the front. I don't know. It's about psychos and they fall in love. Uh, trip with teacher? No, trip with the teacher, uh, which I think is is just some kind of erotic thriller. Uh, it's an acid trip with your fourth grade teacher. Uh, <laughs> It has a tagline I don't even want to read, which is, they forced her to commit the ultimate sacrifice. I really, I really don't, I really don't. Shocker? <laughs> Moving on. Uh, but yeah, totally the winner of the week is, uh, this week, Vinegar Syndrome is releasing Edward D. Wood Jr.'s Orgy of the Dead. Uh, so you can pick that up on Blu-ray. Uh, it's got all kinds of psychedelic ladies and skeletons on the front because he's a fucking madman. Uh, you should totally see that movie. Did you get your uh, Porky Pig this week? I did not. I my Amazon. I like complained. I never complained to Amazon, mm-hmm. but lately, so since I've moved, they keep on messing like my delivery dates up. Okay, and so stuff that's supposed to come out on Tuesday didn't ship until Thursday, mm. and like stuff I pre-ordered so war for the planet of the apes comes out i think the 24th mm-hmm. on my thing it says expected to ship the 31st so i i like i said uh why am i getting them like a shipping a week later i thought the point of pre-ordering is so i get them on release date and he said oh well they ship on order of priority and i'm such a dick now i said is having uh amazon prime for eight years not a priority <laughs> <laughs> and he and he's like put right back. He's like, "Oh, we'll give you another free month, and we'll fix it. It'll never happen again." I'll see this week, and if it does, I'm going to screenshot that uh, conversation. I'm going to call him. Like, what's going on? I want free Prime for life. <laughs> yeah, that's bullshit. I pay ninety nine bucks a month a year for that shit. Prime is what <laughs> Prime is what's best in life. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, they they paid two billion dollars a year for it. So. Yeah. They lose a lot of money on Prime. Do they? Oh hell yeah! Oh man, how are they ever going to make money? <laughs> <laughs> I um, no. Uh, well, when they run all of this King Supers out of business, they'll figure it out. I don't think it's a as a company wide problem because the caveat on mine is is that I had a bill that I had to pay, so I had to cancel the pre order, but the price is still the same, so I reordered it on Friday. So mm, I shouldn't yeah. be getting mine till Tuesday anyway. So yeah, yeah. No, I threw a fit. Yeah, because it's just bullshit. Like, no, no why, I, I agree. Why, why yeah. do I pre order shit? I know, just because there's an address change, like this shouldn't be. Well, yeah, and, and I understand that, like I'm in the mountains now. Mm-hmm. But I told the dude, I I told the dude, I, <laughs> I'm I'm, I'm 31 miles from Denver. Mm-hmm. I'm not like that far away, and it's not hard to get there. Yeah, he says, okay, I'm sorry, Mister Frost. I'm guessing that's what he sounds like. Got to go down the old <laughs> creek to get to the old Frost place. <laughs> yeah, uh, we did sort of miss one. Which is that uh, on Friday, I guess, The Little Hours uh, was released on Blu-ray. Which oh. was that, that Audrey Plaza, that We're Nun All movie. Nuns movie. 
So oh, I want to see yeah. that movie. I don't it know why it released funny. on a Friday. It played a, a couple theaters here for like a week and a half. And yeah, it went away. That's <laughs> yeah. Dave Franco. I always laugh. Got He's on screen. Yep. We also watch movies throughout the week in a segment I call "What We've Been Watching." So uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Corinne, what have you been watching? Um, so kind of similar to what I did the last couple of times, I, um, cause there aren't really any other adaptations of the Kingmen or the Kingsmen. Um, I went back and watched a couple of different Colin Firth projects cause I love him. He's, he's amazing. Uh, and handsome. So handsome. I know. I, you know, so I charismatic. he's like so 58. Talented. I couldn't believe it. Oh yeah. I was he reading was an interview with him cause he good. doesn't really want to do those like big action stuff anyway. He's like, I'm 58 years old. I was like, golly. He looks really good for his age. He does. So I watched a movie called Easy Virtue that he was in with um, Jessica Biel and huh. a couple of other British people I recognized. Um, and it's a really weird movie. Um, it's like set in the 1920s and like it's like a British so the family. Victorian era? <laughs> no, Ryan. Nice catch. Um, and she marries this young kid who's a little bit younger than her and so... She comes back to meet his family for the first time, and they're all really weird toward her. And it's not like horrible. It was like it was worth watching, but it was really weird because at the end she runs off with the guy's dad, who's played by Colin Firth. And I'm like, you know, on the one hand that's really weird, but on the other hand, I kind of get it because they, <laughs> you know, they had a connection. And of the of any of the characters, I felt like they were the ones who got along the best. Like they, mm. like he was like a World War One veteran. She had, like, helped her husband to commit suicide because he had, like, this really debilitating disease. So they had both, like, seen some stuff. And they kind of, like, <laughs> you know, they got that. But, like, everybody else is, like, living their happy-go-free life while they were, like, you know, scarred by what they had experienced in their past. So it wasn't horrible, but I don't know if I would recommend it to people. Sure. Um. I also, then today, I watched a movie called Devil's Knot. Oh, it's a very good film. Oh, my gosh. Written by so Scott good. Derrickson. Yep. Um, so let me ask you, mm -hmm. before watching it, did you know anything about the case? I did not. I was two years old when it happened. So right. I didn't know any. I wasn't. I mean, I was alive, but I didn't. <laughs> I don't remember the news coverage or anything. I just saw the little synopsis at the top of, like, three boys are murdered and this case happens and i'm like okay whatever so the 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 case itself was um part of the reason that um it has notoriety today is that when the trial was going on hbo got permission to film the entire trial um with berlinger and sarnofsky and they released three documentaries over the course of 18 years um, uh, about maintaining their innocence until they got released on an alfred plea mm -hmm. and then um uh, Peter Jackson produced a documentary about it that kind of like encompassed the entire thing called West of Memphis. So, um, but like when Devil's Not came out, when I first saw it, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of it because it was like a truncated version of the whole thing. So I was kind of like taken up, uh, taken aback on it. But I rewatched it like about two months ago with Scott Derrickson in mind because I'd watched some of his films like leading up to that. And he's actually really good at kind of like getting to the point of it without like dragging you through every sing singular detail. Um, and Firth is good in it. And it's Reese Witherspoon is great in it too. But... So your chin's a little too pointy. 
Well, well yeah, but I mean, you know, we're not all perfect, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> so what, having not known any of that, what did you think? Oh, my gosh. It was such a good movie. Cool. It was like really sad, obviously, because it's about um, three boys who are murdered um, very violently and then they're thrown naked into a creek. Um, and that scene where they find the bodies is just mm-hmm. powerful, but also really tragic because obviously it happened in real life. Um, but I mean, I, yeah, I was blown away with first performance. I actually really liked Reese Witherspoon and I'm not a huge fan of her, but I liked her in this movie. And I kept thinking that there was like some kind of a connection between them because like they would like look at each other, like he would look over at her in the courtroom and she would look back and like different times, like he would approach her and her husband would like tell him to go away. So I was like, did they used to date or something? Like, you know, I guess I'm just kind of conditioned that anytime Firth looks at a woman <laughs> <laughs> I've had like, sex with her <laughs> <laughs> no it's you know it's more of a romantic thing but yeah and I'll, I'll explain why candle. here in a second but um yeah it was really interesting and of course you know once it got to the end and they were like oh well you know we don't know who the real killers are if it wasn't these three guys and I was really like frustrated because i'm like really like they don't know who did this and so i had to research it like has there been any update in the last four years and there really hasn't so other than maybe the stepfather but yeah right, it's but I such think, a weird area yeah. to cross i mean if, if you want to uh so what zach was telling you because this is like his this was like his jam two three years ago yeah, yeah. yes um, my jam <laughs> so the hbo is called paradise lost and there's three of them mm. or you can watch the west of memphis is three and a half hours yeah uh, two and a half to three hours yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's more of a overview of everything and kind of the well they did three was after i think west of memphis yeah uh, and it's kind of gets you up to date but i mean you, you got to be prepared because in both they do show crime scene photos and if you're not prepared for what's photos and yeah. footage and the footage it, is hard to watch it is like, I, I've, I, I can't watch it you know like it's tough even people that are trained in stuff like this yeah. uh, it, that's stuff you don't forget you know yeah um, so it, it, it's a really interesting case uh, the, the the details of it like I think are even sometimes even more disturbing than the footage you actually mm-hmm. see because it goes into greater detail but um, it was directed by Adam Yugoyan the um, uh, Devil's Knot film um, and he did uh, Where the Truth Lies and um, a couple other – and Chloe, the one where Amanda Seyfried got naked. So I could see Amanda Seyfried's boobs. Wait, Where the Truth Lies, the Kevin Bacon movie? Yeah. That movie is dog shit. Um, that's that's a theory. That movie um, is so bad. But, um, so, but the whole thing that he does with Firth and Witherspoon looking at each other, it's not uncommon in his films. Like he creates a sense of paranoia through that. So. Mm. Uh, and uh, Scott Derrickson, who went on to direct Doctor Strange, um, you know, he a lot of his movies deal with courtrooms and procedurals because he really likes it. There's a great interview with him on. I see. I think it's with Kevin Smith. Um, Wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> uh, so it's Scott Derrickson and Kevin Smith. It's like two hours long. And they really talk about that case and what attracted him to the exorcism of Emily Rose. Uh, I think it was just before. Uh, Deliver Us from Evil came out because Sinister hit pretty big. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, and he's from Colorado, so I always give him shout outs to Scott Derrickson because I think he works really hard and he's a really, really good filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And he can do action things. So the reason that I'm preconditioned to think that Colin Firth is interested in a lady if he looks at her is because of the 1995 version from the BBC of Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> if you guys have ever seen the like five or six hour miniseries, nope. um, he plays Mr. Darcy. 
I've seen clips that, of it, but yeah, I don't know if that means anything to you, but I rewatched that again this week because that was like my first big intro to Colin Firth, and obviously he's really good in it. Is he pretty dreamy? Yes, very dreamy. Okay, I originally watched him with Emily Blunt and Arthur Newman, and they're really good in it. The movie sucks though. <laughs> but you know, yeah, now he's always like a guy. He's in a lot of stuff. You're like I like him. And then he kind of just goes away, and he's like, oh, there he is again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you saw the yeah. King's speech, did you walk out of it going like, damn, even when he stutters, he's sexy? Yeah. Hell yeah. Stutter and mm. stutter at me. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, sexy doesn't take a day off. <laughs> uh, that's and awesome. then um, I watched Holes. Oh, cool. Oh, I hadn't seen it in a long time. That movie's fun. Oh, my gosh. So much fun and, like, really, really good. Yeah. Like, do not sleep on Holes. No, I I cried on at that movie a number of times. Yeah, it's really good. Like when Sam gets killed. Oh yeah. my gosh! Oh, it's, it's like super really yes. dark. Yeah, yeah, it's Damn. really good. But yeah, so it's like I couldn't. I mean, it was like, how did they get John Voight, Sigourney Weaver, and Patricia Arquette to do this like dumb kids movie? Because it's awesome. It's true. Disney dollars. Yeah, that's also true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they already had Tim Blake Nelson under contract, <laughs> and that's one of those that I go back to. And you you watch the movie, and you're like, "Man, Shia LaBeouf had a lot of talent." That's too bad. He wasn't horrible in it, but he wasn't yeah. like, amazing. But yeah, no, but you could tell like yeah. he was a guy that that could have been really good. Yes, you know, but it's too bad he's not famous anymore. Yeah, maybe he'll make yeah. a comeback well, like Robert Downey Jr. I mean, if he just he keeps his head yeah. even, Stevens, he's good. But I mean. <laughs> You're so proud of yourself. I got nothing. So I got nothing. <laughs> if he just this is the episode where we all entertain ourselves, guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. So then, after I watched Devil's Knot, I was like, okay, that was really sad. I need to like, you know, get like another pick me up movie that's like funny and bright and whatever. So I watched the um, the Decoy Bride. I don't know if any of you have seen that. It's with David Tennant. Oh. And uh, it's a rom com. It's really stupid. But it, I needed it, okay? No, absolutely. Yeah. I love David Tennant as Scrooge McDuck. I'm like, he's really good. Hmm. Like, he's the first. I mean, obviously, the guy who played Scrooge for 40 years was American, and so he's a real Scottish guy playing Scrooge McDuck. He's great as Scrooge McDuck. Oh, cool. And actually, in this movie, he plays a British guy, or an English guy, I should say. So he has his English accent, nice. which is hilarious because they're it's set in the Hebrides. What's so. a Hebride? Hebrides is in Scotland. Okay. They're in the Outer Hebrides. Oh. Cool. On the island Does it take place in Loch Ness? I know where that is in Scotland. <laughs> no, it takes place on the island of Hague, which I'm not sure if that's a real place. Hague. 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 Sweet. I have my own island. Seriously. See y'all later. No. This Scottish fortress. Well, when your family came over, they changed your name. They wrote it differently. Yeah. Yeah. So... If cool. you guys ever want to watch a rom-com, it's pretty decent. Oh, I thought you said it was stupid. <laughs> well, I mean, it is because it's a rom-com. Well, okay. But for a rom-com, it's pretty good. Okay. Oh, all there right. are worse ones out there. Okay. All right. Yeah, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's Failure way better. It's better than, <laughs> it's way Fool's better gold. than better, Serendipity. Better or worse than Serendipity. <laughs> I haven't seen that, so I don't know. You should. It's, it's okay. <laughs> Bounce. <laughs> Valentine's Day. I mean, this has David Tennant in it, so it's got Mother's Day. There you go. Yeah. Those are not. We should do a film those are, oh, I guess they are. Shitty romantic comedies. Right. No, then we'd have to watch them. Well, it'd be a, it would be. A, it, <laughs> I'll come in for that one. We could just do like ones we think that suck. 
Yeah, Raising Helen. And we'll do it backwards, so it'll be like from one to ten. (laughs) The nanny diaries. (laughs) Fool's gold. Sorry, Mom. And that's all I watched this week. Cool. Nice. Nice variety. Let me... Brad. Hey. Uh, I only saw uh, saw two things this week. Um, I finally got caught up on It. I saw It at the drive-in. Nice. Um, Can I say a really quick story about It? Absolutely. So, I'm sorry, Brad. I know I'm, like, commandeering your thing. No, it's fun to derail Brad because he gets really mad. this is, like, a really freaky story. So, on Friday morning, I got up really, really early to go hiking because I've never been to Rocky Mountain National Park. I wanted to go up there and watch the sunrise. You know, pretty. Um, So, I got up at, like, 4.30 in the morning, and I'm going out to my car, and I'm loading up stuff. And the first time I went out there, I didn't notice anything. But the second time, I just happened to glance across the cul-de-sac, and tied to the handlebar of one of the cars on the side of the street was a single red balloon. Awesome. And it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> You'll float too. Uh, I drove by a, like there's an open house sign with a red balloon on it. And I was like, they've been doing that for years. <laughs> okay, but when it's like 4.30 in the morning and it's dark and nobody's around. On someone's car. Yeah. On somebody's car. And yeah. people at New Line are like, ha free marketing, yes! <laughs> Let's count our money. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck them. Fuck oh. Fuck all those assholes. Yeah. I, felt, I thought it very uh, inconvenient when I walked out of my screening of It and there was a balloon tied to the fire extinguisher. I'm like, oh, love it. shit, fire death. Yeah, I'm going to start carrying balloons with me and just time to things as I go through my day. <laughs> oh. do it. It's I go awesome. to Best Buy, tie one to the DVD rack. Well, you really got a time to sewer crates. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, yeah. That's a little obvious, yeah. But yeah, but then people will... You should actually just associate. tie them to creepy-looking clowns. So how'd you like It? So <laughs> It, uh, yeah, I thought it was good. I'm I'm kind of baffled that I didn't think the clown was very interesting. Like, he, he the performance is good, and he's scary enough, but, like, I just, I just don't get scared of scary movies at all. I don't either. So, you know, the rest, the, the rest of the movie is a great, like, it's like Stranger Things. Like, these mm-hmm. kids... Uh, are great characters and it's fun to watch them and um but yeah everything that's like this you know sci-fi clown thing i'm just like okay cool let's get to the end so so i'm like i don't know if i'd watch it again like i don't know if it's just but i am interested to see like because it's easy to scare a kid like also the movie had this like the flow of the sorry i just imagine that you have a lot of experience with that (laughs) (laughs) let me tell you something it's easy to scare kids do it all the, the time. For the good first, I don't know, 30 minutes of the movie, like I couldn't figure out what the point of the movie was going to be. Like it, it seemed to go from scene <laughs> to scene without any real clear motivation of what oh, yeah. the movie was going to be about at all. Right, yeah. So about halfway through, I finally like, okay, you know, we figure out that the clown feeds off of scaring the kids. Right. And so like bef- before that, you have to sit through like in sequence, like six different scenarios of them all experiencing their fears. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, it's, as a kid, it's easier to scare. So I'm interested to see as adults in the, in the sequel, how the clown, like he has to up his game and I'm interested to see like how he does it. It's that. a bill from the IRS. Yeah. <laughs> That's the joke. Always be like, oh no, I don't have any health care. <laughs> yeah. This is terrifying. Donald mortgage. Trump is president. <laughs> oh, um, your mortgage payment is due. <laughs> um, and then the other thing I watched is, a. Uh, 20 out of 21 episodes of Gotham season three. Oh, um, so like I couldn't make it through that last one. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I was, I was rushing. You, and you I couldn't two get to broke it. girls that episode that season. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm actually impressed at like this. I think this is the best season so far because 
like all the pieces are in play like all the characters like they're not introducing like they're introducing new characters but the main ones they don't have to spend time like explaining all these backstories like they, they just gotham can just exist now with like crazy villains um and it's i'm re- really impressed at how they've like turned the mad hatter jervis touch into like a a-list character huh um traditionally his story has been that he's always like pined after uh, a secretary or something to him like named alice yeah but in the show they make her his sister and so it adds this like Creepy. disgusting like like they suggest that he molested her so she's always trying to get away from him um and then also she has like this blood disease and all the villains are trying to harvest it from her and um like and then like tetch accidentally kills her and so that thread leads into other villains threads and so there's a lot of moving pieces going on between all these different characters in gotham it's 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 really like like i'm compelled to watch each episode like week to week so um yeah i always have problems because i don't buy the kid who's bruce wayne and actually his in this like the first two seasons it's kind of silly but in this season he they're leading him up to be trained by ra's al ghul Hmm. So his stuff gets more, way more interesting. Uh, I just don't think he has a look, but no. Like there's, and actually there's a lot of, it's weird to watch a lot of scenes. Not only does Jim Gordon get beat up so much that you like wonder how, like he doesn't have just bruises all the time. Huh. Like every episode there's like a crazy choreographed just punching scene between uh, Jim Gordon and like villains. But then even like Bruce Wayne, like he gets, this kid gets beat up like, constantly. <laughs> Um, and kidnapped and uh yeah it's just like weird to see all these adults like just wail on this you know teen kid um but he also fights back pretty well because by now he like uh, alfred's been training him a bunch so and then he gets kidnapped and sent oh there's also interesting nods to like catwoman gets knocked out a four-story window and like in batman returns you know when she gets pushed out by max shrek like all the cats like swarm up to her she doesn't get turned into Catwoman by the cats like biting her, but like they recreate that with all the cats like swarming around her, and then she gets like hauled off to the hospital. Oh. And then um, like when Bruce Wayne gets kidnapped, it's like Dark Knight Rises. He ends up like in a different country, like on a mountain, hmm. and there's a shaman who gives him like the blue flower stuff. So they're like nodding to the Batman mythos quite a bit in season three. So um, cool. Yeah. So yeah, that that's I recommend Gotham. I'm, I can't wait to watch the season finale to see like Is that on what Netflix? they're. It is on Netflix. That's I might watch it, it then. Yeah. yeah. The first season's okay. Uh, there's there's still... It's still kind of goofy. There's some like convenient stuff. Um, it's a TV show. It's all right. Yeah, it's, it's a network TV show. They're just, you know, just mm. filling space to get to commercials and stuff. Well, I know it's over something new to watch. Yeah, but I, I think, yeah, once you get to season three, it like really like settles into being the show it needs to be. Because season two is crazy. Like, the first season, they're trying to like be faithful to like impress like Batman fans. And then season two, they're like, we're never going to be that show that you want. So let's just, you know, Fuck it. let's just throw away. Out. <laughs> yeah. It's, Thank a gen- you. it's a general edict down yeah. at Fox yeah. headquarters. <laughs> let's, let's just, let's just like, it, it seems like the writers also like try to think of the, like the most interesting things they can do. And then they write themselves in a corner and then they just say, fuck it. Let's just like make up something to write us out of it and go somewhere else. Like, I think the penguin gets, the penguin should be dead by now, but they always find a way to like make him escape and it could be the stupidest reason that guy was on the walking dead at the same time he's in walking season dead? five yeah he's like the blonde haired dude when they go to terminate 
Terminus. He's uh, one of the dudes who... He, so he shows up, I think, in season four in, in an episode. And then in Terminus, he's like one of the dudes who gets executed. Huh. And they brought him back. And they in the commentary, they said, we begged the producers of Gotham to let us use him. <laughs> and uh, they said, yeah. Yeah. No, he's like the the Penguin, Robin the Riddler. Lord, his name? Huh? Robin, Robin Lord, Lord Taylor. Lord. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I, all the characterizations that are in the show. Yeah. It, it's worth a watch. Yeah. Cool. Is that it for me? Uh, I watched a couple things. Um, I saw the new Netflix documentary, Strong Island. Of course. Um, it's really good. Um, <laughs> What's it but, about? Well, so it's, it is an, it's a family narrative, but the main plot is that there was a murder at a garage in Long Island um, involving a black man and white man. And the white man claims oh, self-defense. Yeah. yeah, and it's from the family's perspective of the person who was murdered. Um, and basically the, their take on it, which is interesting, is is that he was painted by the prosecution and the detectives to be a less than savory character when there was very little to uphold that. And basically it's not like I don't think it's a case of racism. It's more of a case of like, let's just sweep this under the rug because this is extremely convoluted. But what's interesting about the film is that unlike most documentaries of this type it's done with a first first person narrative perspective of of the filmmaker because the filmmaker's brother was the one who was murdered so she inserts herself a lot into the film and for the first five minutes it was very off-putting because i was like i i don't want to see your passion project but she hooks me in the story enough to where i'm like i do want to see your passion project (laughs) Because it's it's hard. Because if you insert yourself into the story as a documentarian, you're treading a really weird line. Yeah. Um, like Berlinger and Sarnowski did it a couple times, but they don't like do what this woman did. Like she, when she's interviewed, it's um it's not a normal interview angle. It's like a dead on, uh, mm. shot. Of so like purpose. she's talking to you, pur- yeah. purposefully. Exactly. Yeah. So it's really good. Um. Will it be top 10 of the year by the end of the year? I don't know. I'd have to rewatch it again. And thankfully, since it's on Netflix, I have the ability to do that. Um, but it was very strong. I do recommend you check it out. Um, Netflix is really good at true crime documentaries. Um, uh, the only other thing on the documentary front that I saw is I started Ken Burns' The Vietnam War because um, it premier- started premiering um, the day we recorded last week. Um, so I let it record for a couple of days, and I watched the first two episodes. It's really good. I mean – Spoiler alert, Ken Burns is really good at doing documentary <laughs> things, guys. He can make a photograph look like it's moving. Um, <laughs> so um, what's interesting about the first episode is that you actually get a um, a little history lesson on Vietnam before the conflict, um, particularly during World War II and um, Ho Chi Minh, um, and basically the Viet Minh, and how their, their struggle that leads to a civil war... All because around essentially the fact that France France wanted to regain control of Vietnam after World War Two because and the only way they still had a French presence during World War Two was because the Japanese allowed the French um, collaborators to maintain their um, stance in Vietnam. So it was, I mean, and and granted, like I may not be getting all the information correct. Like yeah. this is just what I'm gathering based mm-hmm. off of what is being presented. 
What's interesting is while they're doing that, they also kind of flash you in and out of soldier stories, both on the Vietnam side and on the U.S. side. Hmm. Um, so it's it's very interesting. This is not like most Ken Burns movies I watch because it it's actually kind of playing with the narrative a little bit. Um, and Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross did the score for this film, and Ooh. it's fucking good. Like I I'd I'd want to buy the soundtrack alone. That's cool. Um, but I also like Nine Inch Nails, so that's <laughs> kind of like a bias there. Um. Uh, so it's really good. I recommend you check it out. I'm, I'll let you know what I think of by the end of it. Um, spoiler alert, guys. I think we're going to win that war. <laughs> um, do we? Uh, Find out next week. <laughs> well, to find that, that is a really complicated war. I, I know. And you know what else, guys? I think Nixon will get elected for a third term. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, police action. And, police. And, and a guy named Rorschach will come into your house and investigate your murder. So. Yes. <laughs> this podcast has seen me i've seen its true face um Uh, for all those who don't know what zach's talking about he's talking about the watchman it's just called watchman that was another story your lindelof dude yeah yeah when it happens it happens um so um i also i I rewatched saw because i'm getting ready for saw legacy so i thought that's too bad i'll watch a saw film a week it's not our movie of the week it's not you just you don't like having fun is the thing so first off it's fun like it's a good film it's a really good thriller danny glover does a lot of illegal police shit i know you text me i forgot to text you back i have to refresh my memory like the most obvious one is like when detective sings like should we go get a warrant and like danny glover blatantly says who said anything about a warrant like yeah just go walk in with two loaded shotguns what do you need a (laughs) warrant for Technically, yeah, you're there. You're right, but like, is there agency circumstances why he needs to enter that premises? What's he doing there? Is he looking for someone? It's convenient that they're able to decipher the isolate the sound off of VHS tape. I guess, like, I don't know. Like, it just seems like they're. I'd have to remember. I have to watch the watch it and tell me if I'm wrong because maybe I'm wrong on it. But I love the movie still. Um, Tobin Bell's really good in it. Oh, yeah. Like. Because of his presence, because of like the the, the aura his character gives, um, I don't think Lee Wannell's a bad actor. I think it's just no. he's. I can see why people find him annoying in that first movie. Well, I think he's supposed he, to be. Yeah, I he's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. So, but like, he. So, I actually think he's good. If you watch a movie called Mule, which I ended up watching, yeah, I think he's great movies. in the Insidious movies too. He is. Yeah, and he plays Specs, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and Carrie Elwes is great. Although, I, I like his delivery. Like, there, I've done it. Now show them to me. <laughs> Carol he's like, oh, awesome. he's like, he's losing his voice, man. Um, but no, I dug, I dug it. Um, I think it's it's a fun film. Um, I need to. I'm gonna go through two through seven again. Get ready for Legacy. I think six is pretty great. Yeah, I, and I like seven in parts. Um, yeah. My fear is that Legacy is gonna be a a shit show but we'll see. we'll see again i think it's too clean every time i see a trailer for him I'm like that's that's why clean. i feel like it's gonna be a shit show mm-hmm. um so um i rewatched do the right thing i don't know why i was just bored and um, it's okay if you like spike lee i know it's okay um it, i mean i like hack filmmakers too but you know <laughs> i don't even know who i would say is like yeah that. i don't like anybody who should use him yeah he, um i like samuel jackson in that movie a lot so um you know no, I, I think i think the performance in his films are are, are great i just I, he never connected with me filmmaker when people say what's your favorite spike lee movie I'm like uh, inside, inside man, man. <laughs> yeah. it well it, it's interesting because do the right thing is a it it's calling to uh, it's calling to mind a an event uh regarding the police chokehold mm-hmm. um uh I, eleanor bumpers case and so like it it draws a strong narrative obviously lee's opinion is very upfront but 
you know, like it's still a really interesting movie about like tension in the heat and uh, tension in the world. But um, I still, th- I just love Sam Jackson's character because he's a radio DJ who essentially like narrates the life of Bedsty. And like when something hostile is going on, like he'll interrupt and go like, "Whoa, time out!" <laughs> and uh, so I think it's fun. Um, so to get ready for this week's film, I rewatched the first Kingsman. Um, I had a lot of fun with it, um, like I did the first time. Um, and we'll talk a little more about this later in the review. But I, I don't know if I love what Matthew Vaughn does in terms of tackling social subjects. I admire the hell out of it, though. I, I love Taron Egerton. I think he's awesome. Oh, Taron Egerton's good. Oh, he's really great. It's I'm more talking about like yeah, I know what yeah, you mean. the content and whatnot. Sam Jackson's villain though, I have more of appreciation for him this time around because the first time I saw Kingsman, I was like, why is he doing that lisp? <laughs> like, I don't get this, and because I didn't read the comic. When you do as many movies as he does, like he got an actor, he's just trying to find <laughs> whatever to motivation himself. he has. It, yeah. But it's the thing is like this time around, it didn't bother me because I was like. Oh no, he's he's pretty like interesting villain. Like when he when he does what he does outside the church and has an actual emotional reaction to it, I'm like, dude, man, like this is an interesting angle on a villain. Yeah, like that... I haven't seen that since Jackie Brown. <laughs> yeah, that seems great. I, I always uh anytime something like that where the characters are so outlandish, I always just think back the writer is Mark Miller. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, it's kind of his <laughs> yeah. kind of his thing. Yeah. Where I mean it, no matter what he does, it, whether it's kick-ass or this, it's, it's, sometimes he takes the extreme, and not, not good or bad. I, I think sometimes, epically, I think he's a great writer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I don't know too much of his lesser-known stuff. I'd have to, like, Nemesis or... Yeah, well, no one likes Nemesis. Yeah, I'd have to read it. Like, I like kick-ass a lot, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I like kick-ass one. Yeah, I, I say, just kick-ass. Right. <laughs> is, there, is there another one? There was... There's two of them, right? The series, the yeah. comic book series. Yeah. yeah, there there was a there was actually a Kick-Ass two the series because yeah. at some point he realized, you guys, I can make so much money. Yeah, and, um, um, yeah. so but it's good. I think it shot well. Um, uh, oh yeah. I think that it's interesting because every review that I read before I saw it the first time said like, oh, it's extremely violent, extremely explicit sexually, and like when mm. I first when I saw it again the second time, I'm like. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. The is only thing a, I the only lots of sex in that movie. No, the no, only thing is at the very end when he's going to butt fuck her. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> and yeah. even but then, he did save the world. Like he, yeah, he said so he, he would. I mean, like uh, it, 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 it. There's like, I, I. I love our prudish society when they have even the hint of anal. Everybody's like, "Oh, it's the most sexual thing I've ever seen," and I'm like, "No, it's not." So, um, but over stylized violence, yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> people explode purple green and blue sparkles it's amazing yep. <laughs> i don't think it has anything to do with being prudish i think it has everything to do with like talking like a 12 year old and being proud of yourself when you do it and that's how that that comes off like it's like oh oh we said butt stuff oh look how funny we are no it's not funny you just you're you're just dumb no yeah, my, my my it's, argument it's is mark that, it's mark miller and no, mark miller ar- is a 12 year old my ar- argument is that critics Oh like sure. Over, yeah. oh, over of saying it's like yeah, over but. say like they like if they, if there's one butt joke they're like oh there's a ton of butt jokes like no there's the one you weren't listening because you wanted to go home to hang out with your family or something you didn't want to shame on you movie. yeah yeah Fuck just families. saying if you're I'm just saying watch the Loon movie moon my mine off today yeah but um and She's uh, just getting dinner with my wife yeah that's all I watched <laughs> <laughs> that's all I watched this week uh, cool I'm not James? saying it's not okay to hang out with your family guys it's totally sometimes <laughs> that's what I heard what I heard Brad Zach say was uh, butt stuff is great families are dumb <laughs> that's what I heard 
Uh, uh, all Bre- all Zach wants his butt stuff. Doesn't care about That's Zach's epitaph. Yeah. <laughs> Here lies Zach Eastman. Family bad, dumb, but sex but good. <laughs> oh man! Sorry, mom. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So this week I watched uh, a movie called King Arthur: colon, Legend of the Sword, uh, which is directed by Guy Ritchie, who mm. can be great, um, but this isn't it. So <laughs> uh, I, was, I was really curious on this because there's a really big disconnect between audiences and critics on this one. There's so much cool shit in this movie, like plot-wise. This is a cool movie. It's probably too long. There's sections that are boring. There's some cool... Okay, so uh, this tells the story of King Arthur and how he has the sword. Uh, <laughs> and so it starts off and like, it's, it's, it's King Arthur. It's Arthur's dad. Like, what's his face? Pendragon. And get out fight. of here, son. I don't want to see you anymore. It starts. And, and it's Eric, Eric, Eric <laughs> Bana plays his dad. And there is. It starts Dude. with this awesome big fight scene where, like, Eric, Eric Bana's in a Does castle. Does he kill Nazis in it? Because no. he's great at killing Nazis. No, Eric Bana's in a castle with, with Jude Law, but lo- younger looking. And uh, Eric Bana's got a big sword that glows sometimes, especially when he's close to, like, wizards. And he, they're at war with the wizards, and the he wizards... The Hobbit sword. So, so wizards, it's like Sting? No, wait. Y'all don't even know the weird shit yet. Because this movie's got cool shit in it. So the wizards are riding on on the back of giant Oliphants, like from The Lord of the Rings, that have giant pier, like wood pyramids on top. Are you sure and that he just didn't watch Lord of the Rings? <laughs> no, I'm serious. The shit is crazy. So... They're fighting and they're like shooting catapults at each other and there's fire and people are dying and wizards are like shooting fireballs out of the pyramids. It's really cool. And you're like, what the fuck movie is this? And, uh, and so Arthur Pendragon's dad, what's his face? Pendragon? Steve, Steve, Steve Pendragon like swings over. (laughs) I just told you what his name is. Swings over with his sword and gets into the pyramid. And when he gets close to the, the wizards, like the sword glows and then he like fucking wrecks all the wizards. And like the whole, and I think he even kills the the elephant just cause. Anyway, and he the comes back. Elephant. Yeah, like he he almost wins against all of the wizards, right? Uh, but they tell you like, oh, there's this bad wizard, you know, bad wizard guy, Sauron. Um, yeah, Sauron. So <laughs> so there's Sauron, and Sauron's like he's commanding all the wizards, right? Um, and uh, and then while that's happening, like uh, Jude Law is like, hey, I'm. Gonna get I'm gonna, Sherlock Holmes I, for help. <laughs> I gotta do something. So Jude Law leaves and he goes and gets his wife and she's like, "What's going on?" And he takes her down to this like basement uh, that's <laughs> flooded, like the pipes are broken or whatever, and uh, and he stabs the shit out of her and then and kills her and like dumps her in this lake, and uh, and then like. Uh, Basically, like some more wizard people come, and and then Arthur's trying, or or Steve Pendragon is trying to leave with her, his kid and his wife, and then this like big monstery guy shows up and and kills Steve, and then uh, Arthur's in like a little little boat. He's like he's like four, and he drifts down the river. <laughs> this is the whole opening scene, and you're like, this is awesome. And oh, and then the sword. So the sword, he throws this. Steve throws the sword up in the air. 
Um, and it lands on I him. And when the sword stabs into Steve himself, he turns into stone. <laughs> what a fucking idiot! And breaks. <laughs> no, no, he's already dying. He's already dying. He's been killed, but he like, like he's bleeding to death. <laughs> the monster, the monster has killed him. But before he dies, like, he, you know, it'd be he, really metal if I stab myself with my no, own sword. No, it's it's more metal than that. So when he when he gets stabbed by by the sword, he turns into stone, falls through the like the the pier they're on into some water. Right, mm. um, and so now he. So why is he turning to stone? He's the because he's the st- sword in the stone. He's oh. the stone. So he's pull. You know, right? like that movie that one time. <laughs> right. Yes. So like that's the spell he puts on the sword. Is like the reason that only a pen dragon can pull it is because the stone is him. Anyway, um, it's not great, but it's kind of cool. So um, anyway, so then we like move forward, and Arthur's like. I'm a, I'm a, oh, you see like a, you see this, this, this <laughs> montage of different people who kind of look like the guy playing Arthur as they get older, like learning how to fight in the street and but learning not, how to steal. Some anarchy guys. Um, right. Yeah. Him. It's different people who kind of look like they could be in like kids in Son of, Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> and so as he gets older, he like learns to steal and he learns to fight in the street and he, you know, um, and so then we meet him and he's this sort of Robin Hood-esque guy where he's and got he his band. shows up in a Jaeger. Uh, <laughs> um, so he's he's this Robin Hood kind of guy where like he's got his friends and they like they they rob bad people and like they beat up Vikings and shit and you're like all right this is cool um, like the first I would say third of the movie maybe in, even half is pretty like like a cool rock and roll fantasy film like it's pretty neat um, you end up finding out that like so the the lady in the lake or sort of one of them. Or just some kind of weird wizard thingy is in that. The, the remember the wet basement, right? Mm-hmm. There's like these. One of the coolest like monster designs I've seen in a while, where this like very fat woman who it, actually it's just Ursula from the <laughs> from from the from uh, the, little the Little Mermaid. So she's you know she's got all these tentacles, right? Poor and unfortunate then, souls. Uh, and so she comes <laughs> she comes out and like he had sacrificed his wife. Uh, to this woman, and that's how he got the power to to kill uh, Steve. And but she also <laughs> she also has like like thin, pretty uh, monster ladies in her too. And like they swim around. It's really cool. I was watching. It, I was like, this is a really neat design. Like it was a neat scene. Um, anyway, uh, but then it just sort of meanders. Um, the dude who plays the the pimp from Game of Thrones is in there as like a guy who can like snipe people with arrows. That's pretty cool. Little finger. You mean um, Gillen? Sure. Little I know finger. him as Littlefinger. Yeah, that guy. Peter Baelish. Yes, yes. Lord of the Trident. Lord Paramount of the Eerie. Yeah. And the Veil. He's the guy who sells women for sex. Yes. In Game of Thrones. Yeah. Okay, that guy. Um, and cleans them up. <laughs> well, okay. Zelda of the Nintendo. <laughs> anyway, go on. Uh, like, you just know him as the brothel keeper. Like, come on. Uh, well, I mean. He's seen like three episodes of Games of Thrones. I've seen two seasons. And you know what that guy does? He sells women for sex. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so... Anyway, um, it just kind of meanders. The, the biggest problem with this movie, um, and there's some foreshadowing here, is you can't remember people's names. No, no, <laughs> it's not that either. Um, there's some really cool sequences, but when it gets to the real action sequences, it's all like speed rampy, very heavy CG, and not very interesting. Even though there's like theoretically cool stuff happening, where like apparently when he gets the sword, he like, he has to sort of learn how to use the sword once he gets it. And so he can like swing it around and like force push people with it. And it's weird. I don't understand, but it's, it could be cool, but instead it's just a lot of like weird 
we're going to spin the camera around this guy and some CG crap is going to happen and it's not actually very, very interesting. Like what I would love is some cool scenes where he like hardcore just sword fights a dude. Um, and that actually kind of never happens. Um, it's interesting. It's kind of fun. Um, it's definitely like kind of too long and meanders and kind of falls apart at the end. I would say the first half is good enough that it would be worth like checking out if it were, if you, if, if it ever comes on Netflix and you're just like, Oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to throw that on in the background while I do some laundry. And every time I look up something crazy is going to happen. <laughs> like it's pretty cool. Um, but I feel like uh, I've already seen it just from your little synopsis. Oh, I only described the first like third of the movie. Well, you should um, just describe the rest of it because it'd probably be better than the actual movie. Uh, well, that's the problem. The rest of it's not as memorable. <laughs> There's some long scenes where like they run through the town. You're not selling me on it. Away James. from guys. I I know, but you know what? It's not a movie I'm ever going to watch again. Uh, but the first third is like cool. Like there's some really neat ideas. It's just too bad that it's not better. I'm just going to watch the first 10 minutes and then right after it's done, pop in the sword and the stone and just pretend they're all the same thing. Actually, yeah, that would probably or be Lord okay. Lord of the Rings. Yes, that would also be good. they just stole stuff from Lord of the Rings. Dude, the Oliphants look cool as hell, though. It's uh, funny you mentioned Lord of the Rings. Uh, when I was doing the Bruce Campbell thing, uh, he was talking about how much he doesn't like Peter Jackson because he was doing a show called Jack of All Trades and he was riding a horse that was called Black Beauty. And they're shooting the it down in New Zealand. The only problem is when he's in New Zealand, all the black horses were taken <laughs> by Peter Jackson, so he can Aww. never have a black horse. Oh, that's a funny story when he told it. Cool. <laughs> and then you found five dollars. <laughs> he did hand out Bruce bucks if you got trivia questions right. What? That's cool. And he's like they're worth nothing, <laughs> but they're like Monopoly money with his picture on it is pretty funny. That's cool. Uh, the only other thing I watched this week was I saw um, The Right Stuff, which I had actually never seen before. Really? Um, yeah. You've seen a movie about space? I know, right? Uh, so it's uh, Philip Kaufman's film from 1984 uh, about the the first seven, um, the, the astronauts who basically did the... It's really about... Uh, it's about test pilots, the creation of the NASA program, and then it sort of... Uh, and, and then the Gemini and uh, Mercury missions. Um and it's hmm, there is so much stuff in this movie that is really great it's like three hours long and there's probably 40 minutes that you kind of don't need um there's things that uh here's what i saw sam shepherd is maybe the best part of this movie um his whole uh his whole story as chuck yeager is so fucking cool and like is maybe the most emotional part of the film because here's this guy who chooses not i mean spoilers for history chooses chooses not to to um go with those with uh the the other like test pilots that he's sort of friends with or in the same group with uh to be an astronaut and has this same like yearning to just keep pushing the envelope and and uh eventually kind of tries to get into space uh on his own um like his story is so endearing and wonderful and sam shepherd just kills it like he's so fucking good and here's these guys who are all like um uh like dennis quaid actually plays a character uh named hot dog or at least his nickname is hot dog but they're all just hot dogs to be hot dog right that's awesome um but like all of these guys with him with the exception of john glenn are all hot dogs like they're all just trying to show off and they want to be the coolest and they want to be even for a minute the fastest guy on the planet um and Sam Shepard plays Chuck Yeager so cool that he's like, he has a reason 
that he keeps doing it, but it's not just because he wants to be the fastest or because he's the cool. It's like he, it's almost like he just keeps doing it because he's like once somebody else goes faster than him, it means that he he didn't push the envelope hard enough and he could do it harder, right? Like it's a it's a self challenge by as opposed to these other guys who just sort of want to show off. And um, but the story of the first seven uh, and the creation of NASA is is pretty great. Uh, you like the guys a lot. Um, there's a lot of funny little stories in there, especially of like the the different tests they had to go through. And and I think maybe the best sort of subplot that they have with the f- with the first seven is the um, is the this whole thing where early on sort of they're all struggling against each other and 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 squabbling and uh, and one day they sort of realize like wait a second guys. Um, there's a lot of people out there who are actually working against us and want to just put a monkey in space and move on. If we fight amongst ourselves, we're all going to lose. The truth is if we can sort of band together and be a real team here, we can actually make something cool happen. And and, and part of the shift that happens there is that the astronauts who, yes, very early on were just test pilots, uh, eventually become like leaders inside of the space program. And, you know, they're they're the guys on the ground in the command center, like actually kind of helping control what's happening. And, and uh, by the time you get to the Apollo missions, they are, you know, intricately involved in, um, in what's, you know, in the decisions that are being made. Uh, there's a lot of shit about this movie. That's not good though. Um, like there's some really long sequences that are pretty boring and, and some things that are like dr- really left out. That's, that's just awful. Um, the big, the biggest thing being that they, they tell the story of, uh, of Gus Grissom, uh, landing in the ocean and his hatch blowing open and, and sort of, and they show you like the disgrace that he feels and that like the, all the pain that his wife goes through as, you know, he's the second man in space. And, you know, after Alan Shepard goes into space, like his wife got to meet Jackie Kennedy and do all these amazing things. And they got parades through New York city and Gus comes back and he, they never meet the president and nothing happens and he's swept under the rug because everybody thinks that he freaked out and, and blew the capsule and like, you know, like, and everybody sort of tries to twist it to make it seem like he's a hero. But at the same time, everybody is just shitting on this guy. And by the end of the movie, they never reveal that they eventually proved he was right and that the capsule door could blow on its own and that he didn't completely fuck up. And I'm like, how, how do you make this movie and not redeem this guy? Like mm. you have this big dramatic sequence and it's so easy, especially because of what then happens. Like, to me, it's one of the most dramatic stories in the space program. Um, and yes, I have to reference like episode two of From the Earth to the Moon, which tells this story What's that one about? so fucking well. Um, it, shut up! It does tell it very well. It tells it so well, and and so to to leave that out is kind of disgraceful of like this guy who you know put his, literally put his life on the line for I haven't it, seen so. the right stuff in a while remind me again is there a uh, post credit not uh, po- not post credit no. like, not not post <laughs> we're going to the moon <laughs> <laughs> Thanos shows up he's like I'm going to the moon did I tell you about the Apollo missions <laughs> <laughs> yes the, the NASA, Apollo initiative <laughs> the NASA cinematic universe <laughs> Black Dynamite, Black Astronaut. I'm here to uh, talk to you about the Moon Project. Um, no, um, is there a um, like end, uh, like a, a title crawl at the end where it's like not really? There's a voiceover, and it's actually a really shitty voice. Like the movie kind of just falls apart at the end. Right. Um, so, so the the last sequence of the film is the astronauts all move to Houston. There's a really long section where John Glenn is like they're having this big parade with all the astronauts moving to Houston. And there's like this long sequence. that's very boring. And like, um, 
LBJ is there and giving a speech that's really boring. Meanwhile, Chuck Yeager is is stealing a a plane and flying into space. And you're like, this is the story that's awesome. And that happens. He crashes that plane. Again, spoilers for history. Sorry. Um, And then they just cut back to those astronauts watching a like a stripper lady with with Johnson and. Uh, oh no! Sorry. Then, then they do go to uh, Dennis Quaid. Finally, uh, goes into space. Um, so that's the, actually the last thing. And as as he's shooting into space, then they talk about like, oh, you know, this guy goes into space. Oh, and then Gus Grissom dies later. And that's the credits. Like literally, that's all. Wait a minute! Done. How did he die? He died in the Apollo One fire. Oh, I didn't know. Did the voiceover not tell you that? No. It, well, it did. No, it did. It said, oh. "Yeah, they, it said Ed White and Roger Chaffee." I'm just kidding. I knew but it that. was just weird, and it doesn't. It didn't say like. It doesn't say he was eventually proved right right before he died in a fire that was caused by the fact that he died. That he was proved right. I um, want to watch it again now and give a counter review because I I haven't seen it in a while. But I want to see if what you're saying is it, correct. I mean, so much I of it is good you because you know more shit than I do. Yeah, but mm, I know. I just um, want to see if, like, maybe that's the point of the film. So maybe the most know. accurate thing no. Zach's ever said on this podcast. So, <laughs> so much of the film is really good, but for three hours long to not to end up being as boring as it is in the last hour, and to waste as much time as it does on things that don't matter to these characters, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter that they moved to Houston. That's not actually anything to do with these guys being brave like pilots like that doesn't matter at all why do i have to watch john glenn be paraded around for 20 minutes like intercut with a really interesting story of chuck yeager it's just frustrating and there's a reason why philip kaufman didn't make more great movies so um anyway it's it's cool you should check it out yes it has like two of the most iconic shots in especially from the 80s of uh, the slow motion guys walking down the hall at the camera that gets referenced all the time mm-hmm. and the footprints of a guy running down a hall to like pop in a door and go like, they put a man in space and everybody goes, we know, get in here, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which is great. Every time that, uh, um, oh shoot, what's his, what's his name? Um, uh, in- Independence Day, um, the funny guy who talks funny, the guy who yawns and the the... The, he yawns because dinosaurs. Um, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum's in the movie, and he's great. Uh, <laughs> That's the lost world. <laughs> I know. I was. I was just trying to. Day. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it, it's it's cool. I'm glad I own it. I probably won't watch it again for another 15 years um, because there's so many places you can get that story like a lot better. So. It's anyway. like, yeah, you know that movie where Liam Neeson saves Jewish people. What's it called? Taken. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, that's it. Right? Uh, so I watched Billy Madison twice this week. Uh, it was yes, on, it was on <laughs> IFC and I, I really love this movie. Mm-hmm. One, because it's Adam Sandler's first starring movie. And for people that just think of Adam Sandler as a whoopity-doo guy, um, he does that in this movie, obviously, but, um, he also has this like, do guy, like this really weird sense of humor throughout that film that just like kind of like seeps in every once in a while. There's a part in it where he, um, his girlfriend's saying, you know, maybe you shouldn't be a bully and you're getting paid back for how you were in high school. And so he calls Steve Buscemi up and he's, he's like, I'm sorry for that. He's like, okay, man, no worries. And then Steve Buscemi hangs up the phone, 
crosses out Billy Madison's name on a list of people he's going to kill <laughs> and puts lipstick on. <laughs> Nothing said of it. And then 40 minutes later, he, Billy Madison's going to get shot at his, like, academic decathlon. By Bra- Bradley Whitford. By Bradley Whitford. And then Steve Buscemi shoots him in the ass. And Adam Sandler looks at the camera and goes, I'm glad I called that guy. <laughs> I just miss Adam Sandler stuff like that. Or Chris Farley making out with the penguin that oh. Billy Madison hallucinates, but for some reason is... Everybody's going to treat you very respectable like at the zoo, Mr. Penguin. <laughs> it's just bizarre Adam Sandler humor that's awesome. <laughs> and I love it. And I don't know. I, I watched it. Well, I didn't watch the whole thing. Probably like three quarters of it. Then my wife came home and she turned it on because IFC runs the same movie every day, all day long. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll watch it again. Because it's funny. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it makes me laugh. I'm pretty sure it was on my list of 1995. Yes, it was. Probably. I know. I know it was. Just kidding. <laughs> um, I also watched a Scream Factory release called Don't Knock Twice, which is an... Oh, was that the one with the creepy ones. hand on the front? Yeah. She she won't let you open the door or something like that. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> knock once to raise her from the dead, knock twice to call her. I forget. Whatever. Okay. Um, but it's, it's, an actual, <laughs> it's an actual English like folklore. Oh, cool. Uh, what's the name of the witch? It's like some okay. witch when you knock and she shows... So it's like you knock and you run away... Um, Anyways, you knock and run away, and she comes after you. And it's uh, it's an English film that stars Katie Sackhoff. So is it is it just like an urban legend designed to make people stop ding dong ditching? I guess That's so. What it sounds like yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's a so it's actually pretty well made. I I'm always surprised. Um, I don't know how many of you watch. Well, I know you watch British cinema, um, but even their uh, I watch British television shows. Does that but, count? Yeah, but I mean, even their television shows. So even like their like low budget movies still look pretty good. Oh yeah, um, and I, I think they just have a lot of talented people there, and, and they get a lot of grants to the government, and they get a lot of grants to the government. And so this movie's like shot really well for not being that big of a budget. But what I really liked is the monster in it. They got some. Uh, Contortionist. Bobby, Baba Yaga. Yeah, Baba Yaga. Which there. is also in the Tomb Raider video game. Exactly. Um, thank you. And so they got some contortionist, this guy, to play uh, the witch. And he's really tall and lanky, and he moves really well. Uh, and I really appreciate it because it wasn't CGI. And, uh, and so the creature design was really cool. And actually, Katie Sackhoff wasn't too bad. And she plays a mom who was a drug addict and lost her daughter. And she goes back to see her daughter, and her daughter in the meantime is being haunted by this witch because her and her friend knocked on this door. Um, it, it's a slow build again, but uh, the movie's shot really well. Uh, the ending kind of falls apart because they try to do this twist, and I don't know if it really works that well. Um, sometimes I think horror films try to explain themselves too much, and it's just better just to just let it play and see what happens. Um, but for a Scream Factory title that's nine ninety nine. Um, it's pretty interesting, hmm. and I mean, if you like British horror, uh, it's it's pretty well done. Uh, I also watched The Mummy in 4K, uh, the Tom Cruise thriller. Oh. And I actually liked it more this time watching it because, I, I don't know, I, I still think there's parts in it that are really effective. Hmm. Um, and sometimes the universe building really gets in its way. But I wasn't as bothered with the uh, Mr. Hyde part, I think maybe because I saw it before. And I think I was just disappointed because when I think of Mr. Hyde, I expect him to be like super grotesque and um, super bulky and sure. crazy. Maybe I'm just thinking of Van Helsing. I don't know. Um, yeah. But, you know, uh, but Russell Crowe's really good at playing the two guys. 
because as Mr. Hyde's kind of a Cockney guy, and yeah. uh, the other ones, you know, a proper Doctor Jekyll's a proper English guy, and Tom Cruise has really great moments in it when he comes back from the dead and he's in the bar. Um, I still don't really understand why he's a sergeant and he like. I, uh, that's the only part. I don't of, know what his job is. Yeah, he's a sergeant in the military, <gasps> but I, it doesn't seem like. But he's a thief. But he's a thief. <laughs> but he's a thief. So I, that's the only part. I'm like, what is he doing? And he's his job is to like look for antiquities. Uh, and I will correct a, Henry. He's he's mentioned before. He said they're like, be careful with this. And then the next scene, it's the sarcophagus is flying in the helicopter. Yeah, they actually say be careful with this after they land and they're trying to escape the sandstorm. Oh, so I'll just I'll just correct Henry on that one. I it is weird though when they cut to that shot where you're like. Really? You couldn't just put it in a helicopter? It doesn't fit. Uh, I do it all the time. I'm just saying, like, archaeologists would would probably lose their shit. Being well, like, there's a sandstorm oh, and they just... needed to get out of there, okay? <laughs> and, she, and that mummy was about to give birth to dust babies, guys. Yeah. Um, uh. I, I don't... I have to watch it again. I don't... When I saw it, I'm, I was probably a little more hostile about it because I had just seen it. Mm-hmm. But if I let it digest in me a little bit, I mean, yeah, I never thought it was like again. I don't think Tom Cruise makes bad movies, but it's it's it's, oh, it's almost there. I think if they yeah. would have just kept the horror elements, it would have been better. I think another pass at the edit might have helped Maybe. a little bit because again, like, and I know this is a stupid thing to be bothered by, but the whole Jake Johnson at the end thing still bothers me because of like, oh. I thank you for bringing me back from the dead, but why are we here? I'm like, ugh. That doesn't bother me at all. I'm I, like, no, I, yeah, I want I want a movie me, where you have like a fun character. It almost like, sounds like they're setting up Tom Cruise to be a Van Helsing type of character. Right. Where he's going to come back and fight all these monsters and he has like a monster ability, which, which I would be down with. Which, yeah. it, I mean, it'd be cool and it'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know it's funny too. We were talking about last week, like, oh, it wasn't that successful. I looked it up, bef- like when I was just watching it, it made four hundred and ten million dollars wow. worldwide. I think. Can you believe that? What was the budget though? One twenty-five. Oh, okay, yeah, that's uh, not terrible. I think the problem is the the reason they say it's, it's not a big success is because domestically. Yeah, I yeah. did eighty, but and, and oh, it's yeah. hard to like yeah, justify because it, it, domestically it's a low opening or it's a low gross for a Tom Cruise movie. Yeah, it is, but it too, I think going back to the Mummy might have been a mistake. I think they were playing on well, the Brendan Fraser one was really popular, and we had Tom Cruise. I think if they would have started with a different monster, maybe I mean maybe Frankenstein's monster or even Creature from the Black Lagoon, I think would be fun. I, I, mean, would have, I, I would have loved that if Tom Cruise himself played the creature from the Yeah, I, I, would, I would argue that actually starting with a mummy is a is a pretty great choice because it's a it's an easy character or the I, I, maybe the Wolfman would be a, another mm-hmm. good one, right? It's an easy character where like you understand the yeah villain. they tried that. <laughs> well, yeah, you understand the villain really easily, um, and so as a result, you just get to make like a fun adventure film, right? And, and spend your time making the characters fun, and that's sort of what's wrong here is that. They didn't make that choice. Instead, they said, oh, uh, the villain's easy because it's a mummy and it makes dead people alive. And then they were like, but that means we get to spend all this time like creating this sort of universe yeah. where we're trying to birth. And where I still think it should, I should need have been rated R. There, there's like, um, there's that, really, that you're never going to get. Yeah, I know. There's really weird. Like, I think in horror movies, it's really weird when the, the cuts don't make sense to me. But I, and I, it, it always bothers me, too. And I know it's just nudity. But like there's that weird like haze. So you don't see nudity? It drives me crazy. Oh, oh, like when she's when she's a naked uh, when naked she's lady like, who's gonna kill people? Yeah, when she's like calling yeah. set and stuff. Yeah, yeah, but that's just that thing where they like they shoot it from an angle where you get like a bunch of side boob. So you know, but then it's but not, in this one though, if you, you don't have to like. They well, put if you Crisco watch it on the lens, <laughs> yeah, she like bends down and like oh, it's I like this smear. It's I don't weird. Remember that. 
But the uh, I I would say. The movie's not really an, a horror film. Like, no. that's the thing. Like, it's really an adventure film, the way that the Brendan Fraser films mm-hmm. were, right? Like, those weren't really horror movies either. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of what I want if you're going to make, if you're going to make a, we're going to fight a bunch of crazy different monsters series. Like, I probably want them to be sort of adventure movies with touches of, of horror in there. Um, you know, like horror themes, but. Uh, and the last thing I, I watched, all horror this week. Uh, the last thing I watched was the Ouija Origin of Evil. Oh, how and- is it? is actually really good i it's it's fascinating to me they're almost the same story the first two but you have a a film director that kind of restrains himself with uh the supernatural moments uh like it's just creepy enough you know it's it's not like overtly scary it's not like oh i can't sleep at night but he gives you enough and he builds the characters enough where you care about them yeah because if you saw the first ouija you actually kind of know what's gonna how it's gonna play out which is always a danger with prequels uh but this one he actually shot it better makes it look cooler um like the period piece looks great if you when you watch the film it has like pops in the film and scratches uh and they use the old universal logo to really sell you and Ooh. like the title card the cards like uh house of the devil yeah style. yeah yeah oh that's cool it's really cool and so he does really well and what there's a scene that i really point to so in the first ouija there's a part where uh the lady from uh, Bates motel. She holds up the planchet and she looks through it and there's like a apparition to her, right? And she has her mouse shown. She points like, bruh, 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 and so she like whips over here and there's some ghost who goes, bruh, 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 bruh. And like, okay, whatever. It's not scary. And in this one, the little girl holds up the planchet and you just see like this little thing move like just in the distance. And that's it. That's the end of the scene. And so the guy plays with you a little more um, and there's parts where, uh, like people will lay down and you see like a demon over there. You're like, Oh, that's, I mean, that's what I like. I don't like crazy, like it's in your face. It doesn't scare me. Cause I understand the beats. You, you don't like the parts where Pennywise is in the basement and he's running at you going, Bleh! you like no. the parts where Pennywise is across the field with a bunch of balloons being like, Hey guy. Yeah, and it, but see that in that movie that's effective. No, I know. I'm just, I'm but, just but yeah, as a exactly, like, exactly. In as other horror films, yeah, because I think Pennywise is scarier when he's in the sewer. Yeah, and he's talking. And he's to, like, I like popcorn. Yeah, that's scary. That's scary because he has to have a moment where he realizes he's not human. Yeah, that to me is creepy. Yeah, just being like, it's not creepy at all. Uh, so I think th- you're pr- more referring to like what James Wan's able to do in the stuff like exactly the yeah. films where the ba- my big example is the painting. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Too where you think you're seeing something, but he's not gonna let you know if you're right or wrong until you least expect it, but not in a funhouse way. Yeah, it, it, I mean this movie is fun. It it, it deals with uh, a family where they lost their uh, father and the mom swindles people out of money by having her kids set up like the seances and uh and then they slowly um communicate with their dead husband in quotes um and and it just kind of unravels from there (laughs) her dead husband were were they never really married like i got lost interest by the end yeah Yeah. and everything had been good up to that yeah because it builds up steam really well but then it has to connect to the first ouija movie and you're like oh yep that had to happen. Couldn't, I mean, aren't there enough Ouija boards that, that the, a sequel to the prequel to the Ouija prequel the would just prequel. be a different Ouija movie? I would Fuck say that sentence Ouija was hard. Three, the Weequel. <laughs> <laughs> the Weequel. 
I would say that W E A K as never being in a movie boardroom, but picturing how it would play out is um, let's see that uh, Ouija movie we did did really well. What did people really respond to? I love that you um, smoke uh, like executives smoke big cigars. Uh, let's, probably wear bow let's, ties. Let's, let's ask the unemployed people that watched it in a in a mall, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, that one little girl in it was really scary." All right, let's let's write another movie about that. See, and then that's how that movie spawned. Where the setup is really great, and then it's like, "Oh, here's the ending that we have to have." This is my impression of Kevin Feige. Yeah, that Doctor Strange movie did really well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but th- it means that like now, if you want to make a sequel to this one, if this one did well, your sequel to this one is a sequel to the first one? Like, I don't know uh, what they're going to do. I that's like why how the movie executives sound like the mobster lobster. That's yeah. right. See? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, Those and moving the, pictures, sir. And the way you smoke a cigar is you hold it and shake it a lot. Yeah, that's what they do. <laughs> Have you ever seen the 1930s cartoons? Nah. <laughs> Moving pictures are great. My mother thinks they steal your soul, but what does that old bag know? <laughs> oh, funny. They also let vampires see the sunrise for the first time. <gasps> Shut up, <the> vampire. <laughs> <laughs> see, I have deep cuts in movies. I know my movies. Shadow of the Vampire is really good, too. <laughs> uh, speaking of movies, this week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw Kingsman, The Golden Circle. Corinne, should people see Kingsman, The Golden Circle? Oh, boy. That's a really tough question. I guess if you if you saw the first one and you liked it, then you'll probably like the second one too. It's it felt very similar in some ways. It hit a lot of the same beats. It had a lot of the same kind of level of ridiculousness that the first one did. The action is very similar. So I guess <laughs> if I mean if you didn't see the first one, I wouldn't recommend it. James? Uh probably not. I wouldn't really recommend it. I uh uh, you know, as it was over, when it was finally over, um, I thought back and I was like, I was like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, it was okay. And then I went, Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage was more fun. So, yeah, no, not really. And I'll talk about why later. Brad? Uh, I actually thought it was a lot of fun. Um, they're, like, the best parts are the character develop- development moments. Uh the action's really dynamic. Like as a from like a filmmaking perspective, I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Um, how this, like a lot of this stuff is continuous, and the choreography for the action scenes is really creative. Um, but as I was watching the movie, I also made a list of like, what? Oh <laughs> that gosh. doesn't make any sense. That's an expensive so uh, so we're, we're gonna get to go through your list of yeah. crazy. I have one of those too. I mean, I didn't write it yeah. down, but that's I was cool. sitting down going, being like, I have all this paper next to me. Why have I not been taking notes like <laughs> this whole time for other movies? Um, and then uh, what else? Uh, I just had on my head. My last thought. Um, shoot, you distracted me. Sorry, you ruined I, it. I was so excited by your notes. Yeah, no. Um, character development. Character development, like Good it was stuff, fun. Bad stuff. Um, the the kind of the main villain plot was like a little less interesting, but. Oh, I also, I haven't seen the original one since oh. I saw the original oh, one. Oh, oh, okay. So there's parts of the movie where I'm going like, I d- don't remember. Like, they've okay. already connected the dots. Yeah. Like and I don't remember the, how they got there. I had some of the same stuff. So luckily there's a couple flashback things. But yeah, I, just, I didn't remember characters they're referencing at times. So I was a little, a little lost. But overall, I think it was it was fun. It's a, just a fun escape movie. Very comic booky. Zach? So... Me having watched it right with the first one right before going into this one, I was a little bit more up to speed. So I, I, di- I don't think I had the same 
uh, crisis that you did. Um, it's really what hard for crisis. me to review this film, actually, because <laughs> there's a part of me that absolutely loves the shit out of this. There's another part that has to acknowledge that it's not as strong as the first one, and it's kind of like a consistent sequel rather than a sequel that tries to outmatch its predecessor, which a sequel should try to do at the very least. But there's a moment in this film that is very powerful, and it's from Colin Firth. But outside of that, I mean, like, if you saw the first Kingsman and you're curious, go right ahead. If the trailer got you interested, especially, like, the trailer hooked me because they, they, I thought they actually, like, using a Frank Sinatra song to sell that particular style of movie I thought was interesting. So I'm like, all right, I'll bite. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I guess it's really up to you at this point. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of in the same boat as Corinne. I think it's a really fun movie, but I think you have to see the first one and appreciate the first one to even like this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say the action is super dynamic. My only – well, I have a couple criticisms, but my biggest criticism about the film is the the fun takes long gaps. So there's lots of fun stuff, and then there's gaps where it's not as fun. And then it gets back to being fun, and then there's another gap of it not being fun. Um, I think if you're going to make a movie like this where everything's cranked up to 11, just keep it going because the lulls are really lull. I actually um, think for a two-and-a-half-hour movie, like – it had a brisk pace. Like I didn't feel. No, like no, it. I, I agree. It had a brisk yeah. pace, but it's just like, oh, now I have to hear Halle Berry talk about how she wished she was in the field. Don't care. <laughs> I, I want to see uh, Eggsy just shoot people. Anyways, here's a trailer for uh, Kingsman: The Secret Service. I mean, The Golden Circle. We're from the Kingsman Tailor's Shop in London. Maybe you've. Heard of us? Today marks the beginning of a new age. Wait, I'm gonna show you. Say goodbye to the Kingsmen. Kinda got a bit of a save the world situation here. Welcome to Statesman. As your American cousins. We'll be working side by side. Let's get started. We've got brains, skills, skipping rope. To lasso. Whatever. You know what that means. Um, so I do agree with Matthew Vaughn, though. 
uh, Colin Firth should not have been revealed in the trailer or the marketing because I think that would have impacted the way we would perceive this film in a way. Maybe not. But, like, because it's tough because it, it is about it is about Harry in a weird way. Like, the movie is about Harry, whereas the first one is trying to focus a lot more on Eggsy. I feel that this film focuses more on Harry as a person, or at least attempts to, but doesn't quite hit the mark. I mean, like, there's that whole thing. Like, when we discover that he's alive from the first movie or after being dead, like, he's got a whole butterfly thing going. And, like, at first I was like, what the fuck is that? I don't even remember that, and I just saw the first movie a minute ago. <laughs> but there's a moment, and I thought it was actually a very powerful, like, second, where he gets freaked out that someone's going to take him away from his butterflies and his mom. And I was like, whoa, my, is the is Matthew Vaughn making me feel things? And then it goes away really quickly. But there's a, there's a glimpse where I'm like, shit. No, I, 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 it's Colin Firth mainly. I think Matthew Vaughn's a hell of a filmmaker. I mean, I think the opening when he comes out and they're fighting in the car mm. is spectacular. That seems good. I mean, it's. Oh, I actually didn't like that scene. No, I thought it's... the action was like I just could not follow it. It was all over the place, and it felt like a video game. Oh, oh. I mean, that's how I feel about literally every not very good action scene in this movie. But it was so, only that one scene. It wasn't oh. like any of the other ones where maybe it was just because it was like in a car and it was like really close quarters dark. and dark. Yeah. yeah. So in that scene, um, he's fighting like robot arm guy and then he's got a chauffeur who gets stabbed in the neck and then eventually um, dies. Dies. And then Eggsy like just takes his seat to take like what happened to that chauffeur I was guy? wondering he about probably that. Fell he's out he's the on car. the ground yeah. whenever... Yeah. Whenever the car flies forward, you see the chauffeur fly. Yeah, out. he does. He flies he through flies the windshield out, too. Yeah. yeah, you see his oh, body on the I ground. I didn't. Yeah. yeah. I of that. all the crazy dumb things about this movie, <laughs> that's not the first one. That's not the first Can one. We just I mean, it's the first one in chronological. But holy shit! Elton John stole the show in this movie. <sighs> like, if you had told me before I walked in, you the best character in this movie, other than Harry, is Elton John. I'd be like. Fuck. I would agree. Well, I, th- I thought he was fun. I think the joke's funny the first time or the second time, but at a certain point, him saying fuck, just not funny anymore. The yeah, ninja kick is good, times. but like at a certain point, I'm just like, this is your well. It's a very shallow well, and it's and I don't know why you keep going back to it. Like the ninja kick's cool. I think I think having the the action scene set to to his song where like he's actually sort of playing the song, um, sort of you know, um, like that was that was at least clever. But I also didn't think the action scene was very interesting. So, isn't the song Saturday? What day is today? <laughs> yeah, that was funny. But just him saying like "fuck you," like that, it, it was funny like twice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Probably better if Rod Stewart was in it. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, but it wouldn't be funny. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. He's not. Too, he's not flamboyant enough. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Like. Like. I'm Elton John in a giant peacock outfit doing a ninja kick with a giant <laughs> sign that says Elton behind him. Pretty awesome. But it's like one of those things that's funny if you saw it on the internet in a still image and you'd be like, that's great. And then you would move on to the next thing for your day. And I kept on like, hoping that his hill would stick in that dude's head. <gasps> yes. Like some actual gore with Elton John would have been a way to like really ratchet that up. Um, and then, of course, Julianne Moore in this film. It's a weird. It so I, it's weird. it's weirder than Sam, man. <laughs> and it, yeah. and it may be because they upped the ante on her wackadoodleness by 
having her shove, have another man shove a man into a meat grinder, and then she proceeds to make the man burger. But that's not all, guys. Her new recruit has to eat that man burger. I yeah, that whole, <laughs> that whole subplot is not very interesting. It was like, extremely I think uncomfortable great. in a movie that was otherwise enjoyable. See, I didn't <laughs> find it uncomfortable at all. I just saw it and was like, oh, yep, there, here's Mark Miller trying to be shocking. Like, I, I didn't find it shocking at all. I was just like, okay, I'm in a movie. This isn't real, and you're not actually... I don't give a shit about any of these people. It reminded me of Kick-Ass with the big microwave, well, where it, I was like, this seems outlandish. And I can't... It won't ever turn my stomach when, like... You threw a full man in there, and and then like perfectly clean ground beef came out. Like, yeah. there's not shirts in there. There's not like, if this is not a bloody mess that you right. Like, no, none of this is realistic. So I'm not gonna watch the man eat the burger and go like, yeah, he ate man. No, he didn't. He ate some hamburger that you got. I'm like, so grossed out. What's, yeah. what's the relevance of the golden circle? Like, I couldn't figure out like why that was. It's just a her thing. symbol, I guess. Yeah, it's just yeah. her symbol. Like she has this. You know, Americana thing going, but then she just picks a gold circle. Is it, I, I was, love that idea. Is it wicked of me? I'm like, I kind of agree with the president. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I think the, the oh, man, that whole thing. Well, oh my God. So, the, yes, actually. Um, Letting people die? Yeah, that's probably wrong. <laughs> right. Um, the, uh, the whole thing of like, you know, we, we see this whole sequence where this guy like has to has to murder a man in a meat grinder and go through all this shit. And then we find out that like what's his face's girlfriend who just likes going to music concerts has gone through that. Like what? Like none of that because she also has the golden circle thing. So like what what is that initiation? Why well, would she be in the circle? For different people on different yeah. Levels. Like you get maybe she's just maybe her her thing is just to pass out drugs at the concert. I guess so. Yeah. I think the, the, this film, like the first film, relies on a lot of convenience. But this time oh, around, dear lord! But this, but this time, unlike the first time where we give it a bit of a pass because it's something a little fresh, this time we're like, okay, well, you already showed me this, and now your coincidences just look kind of silly. Oh, um, so I mean, like, I don't think there's anything really wrong with it what they do in the film, but I do have to like acknowledge that those coincidences are there they're glaring um i like mark strong a lot i like his uh, yes. little, i like his little send-off but i'm sitting there going like why did he have to why? die like right can't you just stand on the mine find a different plan because yeah. they're like super uh talented uh assassin guys like they could just take out um what's her name i just like right now Poppy, and then come back for him, like and yeah, fear. that's what I thought they were gonna do. Yeah, Literally it's a distraction, anything. and it's it's even worse because they set up like, oh, Mark Strong's gonna get in the field and like do some cool stuff right. finally, and then they just throw him he away. Did do like cool a scene stuff. later. Maybe no, he, he didn't. He just back. died. Like no, he saved everybody's life. No, yeah, he didn't. Lame. He just killed four, five guys. <laughs> yeah, the villains. Who cares about them? No, I mean that, but that's not. After that, our heroes killed a billion guys. He even said, like, in like, a couple scenes earlier with Halle Berry, like he had no interest in ever being in the field. He and then he like decides to finally be in the field. He barely cause. kills more people than Elton John. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like which is, which is a statement you never thought you. I know. I say. liked it. Um, no. but I love. I did love. As as weak as his sacrifice seems, I love him singing John Denver. Yes. Mm -hmm. I so good. I thought that was actually really good. Like Mark Strong's always been great. Yeah, the, Mark Strong's great. This is amongst like one of his finer moments, like just as an actor to prove. Like, I like that he's not a bad guy. He's always the yeah. bad guy. Yeah. Stuff. Yes, exactly. Like, this yeah. time he's like he's I love well because he is guy. <laughs> well because he is also like suave and like that. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Like, he has the cool English accent. You yeah. know what I mean? I just always remember him as the guy who goes, you I just wine, no guys. Wouldn't it have been way more interesting to have, like, him have a really interesting moment where something about his character came back that he, like, you know... What uh, would that be? I don't know. You'd have to write any fucking characters. Like, to the argument that the, the argu- argument that the movie is about um, Harry, to me, is so weak because I don't know what his plot is other than that... They magicked him back to life, and he forgot who he was until he remembered. Like, it, I, which like wasn't it, great in Men in Black Two either. I'm not saying it's a strong argument. I'm just saying that's what they're attempting. Do they get away with it? Not really. But there's moments where you think it could work. Yeah. Again, as I also, said, like, yeah. criminal underuse of Channing Tatum. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's oh, yeah. only here a, for a sequel. You know, that, for like, as the trailers sold this movie, I thought that the American like the statesman people were going to be in it way more than they were. And it was yeah. mostly whiskey, Asian whiskey. And, yeah. Um, and Pedro Pascal wasn't even billed on the mm-mm. poster or anything. Yeah. yeah. I, I love Jeff Bridges character. If you watch me, he's constantly smelling like alcohol. Yeah. I think that's really oh, he's cool really good. He's really cigars. good. Yeah. No, he's no, 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 no. He keeps he keeps dick, he, dipping yeah, his he, finger in the whiskey bottles and like rubbing it on his upper lip. Oh, yeah. yeah. I thought it was, I didn't notice one scene where he, he like did, takes out a cigar. And he, he does do that. He does that too. Yeah. Yeah. Just fun. Uh, yeah. Collecting Jeff Bridges is really good. <laughs> right? Exactly. Also, also, Dumbledore number two has a Michael cameo Gambon. in the movie. And it's really funny watching Michael Gambon say, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they kill him off after like two minutes. Yeah. It was a fun Michael cam- Elton fun John cam- has more screen time in this movie than Michael Gambon does. It was a fun little cameo, though. I mean, it was, it was, it was harmless. <laughs> I was but, really uh, pissed they killed off Roxy. Yeah, <laughs> that, that kind of pissed me off, I thought too. she was going to, like, come back at the end because she's the, one of the few who saw it coming and so she had a little more lead time <laughs> she, she like jumps out of the bed as if to like to give you hope and then they pan back to like the whole continent blowing up yeah like just to make sure you know like nope not even close i thought maybe she had like a bunker. like a yeah bunker yeah. like maybe. inside the closet or something maybe. like maybe a capsule <laughs> well if we know anything <laughs> about the kingsman series guys is when the next one comes out someone might come back oh yeah absolutely yeah, yeah no one can die in these apparently although going back to your point earlier zach of that you agreed with Vaughn that we shouldn't have known about Harry. I honestly don't know if I would have seen this movie if I hadn't known Colin Firth was in it. <laughs> so honestly, he he was the best part of the first one for me. Yeah. And his Absolutely. and Eggsy's relationship is the strongest part of this whole series. Because mm-hmm. I really feel yeah. like they, they've they bonded and they're on... I, I see them as like a father-son or, you know, honorary father-son kind of duo. And mm-hmm. I know other people have different takes. But, and, and that's why I feel like that's why they're attempting to examine it from a different angle in this film via Harry, as opposed to mainly Eggsy, but it doesn't, it doesn't work as often as it should, but there are, but like I said, there are moments when it, when it can work after 80 years of tracking devices in films. Why does this one have to be in her vagina? Oh my gosh. Shock, I just, shock I, value. Just, I just, I just, I just, like, shot I where it like hands down. Oh. To it's like, really? Because we needed really? a finger fucking joke, guys. Everybody. Yep. Thanks, Mark. Couldn't have put it in her mouth or something? Jeez. Yeah. Up her nose. Uh, Any, so, literally anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> Some other notes I made were, <laughs> so Eggsy's security, like, Eggsy's secret, like, room, his, his, his office. Oh, yeah. You can just open, like, if anyone just touches <laughs> the record player, like, they'll find out that he's a spy. <laughs> like, what kind of security is that? Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, and, and for the Kingsman being like 
having all this insane technology, they they don't have a, like an early warning system for missiles flying at their. Oh, it's no. weird how like all ten agents were home when that happened. Yeah, like Eggsy yeah. was the only one who wasn't. Yeah. Convenience. Um, Convenience. It's all fun. Also, like with all the crazy technology in this movie, Harry can't have a bionic eye. Like he has to have an eye patch. Oh no, we, we, <laughs> we ain't got time because an eye patch is they cooler, restore man. his brain. Yeah. and everything, but they can't make it's, him a bionic it's eye. Easier. An eye yeah. patch is more gentlemanly, like. And also, uh, the guy with the bionic arm, he throws a bowling ball through a wall into the that uh, takes out the jungle. Yeah, but he slams it into Eggsy's chest, and nothing, no big deal. No. Like it hurts, but it's just like regular punch. Well, well he yeah. didn't let it go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it's there's ca- no force behind it. Because it's a living cartoon. And, <laughs> oh, no. And rules I, don't apply. I realized afterwards, I was like, actually, what this what this movie is, is a less funny, less smart version of Archer. Like, it's a main character who's kind of a shit heel, who I kind of don't like, um, and but is kind of lovable for some reason. And then this ridiculous, over-the-top private spy agency, uh, and then a lot of, like... You know, sex jokes and weird villains and robot people. Lots of robot people. Yep, that yep. was weird. Archer's really good. The the little Archer meets uh, Kingsman was funny at the Yeah, that was good. Yes. <laughs> uh yeah. Oh, at the uh, at the, at the Alamo, Alamo oh. they showed there was a, it was a promo they did for, for Kingsman uh, One. Yeah, where it was it, like, like a right on time. Oh, okay. It was a promo where like uh the uh, Eggsy like Breaks into his house, or, or no, he's he's like getting home, and Archer's like already. Oh, and he's at the he's getting to the shop, yeah. yeah. And Archer has like already gotten there, has broken in and stolen a bunch of shit, uh, and then they end up like having a like a a, a drinking contest uh, <laughs> where Eggsy's gonna like um, like poison him or whatever. So he sprays something into the glass, and you you pan up, and Archer is just drinking from the bottle, has finished the bottle, <laughs> yells that he's won, and falls over. And I was like, yep, that, Archer's really good, man. Ugh. So. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I liked it enough. Yeah. I'd probably watch it again. Yeah. Had fun. So, th- so let me tell you about Triple X: The Return of Xander Cage. So, no. No. <laughs> I will not hear about Vin Diesel. I have you, a you had a whole like episode a to do that. <laughs> it's so good, guys. When I got out of this movie, I was like, "This is like what all those other people say, like John Wick is. Like, it's dumb, but yet you like it. Oh, or, this is like I liked it at least. This was yet. my John Wick movie." Because I love Colin Firth, and I love seeing him kick ass, and I like Mark Strong, and some of the other people, Pedro, Pascal, he was really good in it. Although, I didn't like how they had to make him a bad guy at the end. Like, Poppy went down so easily, and then it's like, oh, and then I guess we have to have this other action scene. Because Poppy's not a formidable villain. We yeah, just, you can't make a ramping slow-mo action scene out of Poppy. Yeah, we, we really, really needed... awesome, though, if they Unless had. she, like, yeah. filled her full of crack. <laughs> we just really needed more magical laser whip. That yep. was really dumb. Yeah. Who, 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 what has Pedro Pascal been in that I'm not aware of? Game I, of Thrones. Oh. He was in that Wall of China movie. Oh, Matt, Damon, Matt Damon's greatest choice of last year? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or this year, actually, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of the great wall, uh, the wall, uh, next week is American Made, directed by Doug Lyman, who directed The Wall. <laughs> um, yep. Starring with the one and only Tom Cruise. Looks fun. Until I build my Tom Cruise bot. <laughs> That's so lifelike. <laughs> It'll probably run really fast. Yes, it will. Oh, man. Will it, will, it be, will it be the best Tom Cruise movie of 2017? I think it might. 
It looks good. It has the potential. Guys. It's just fun that that's even a question, right? Yeah. That there's not just one. I know. Right? When's the last time he had two in a row? Uh, probably sometime when a Jack Reacher movie came out. Maybe. I have to look it up. I'm Wait, maybe feeling... two years ago because Jack Reacher 2 and then MI5, right? Yeah, I can, I can yeah, tell you we, we, uh, we have the internet. Wait, we got we finally got it? <laughs> you have the internet. It took us 20 years, Ryan. Were you looking up last time you had two hits in a row? Uh, no, or I'm just, just, just going to watch just, the Jumanji just, trailer. Just two, mon- just two movies in a row. Or two movies in a year. Yeah. Oh, in the, in the same year. Yeah. I love how the new Jumanji trailers just are ignoring the fact that the kids are in the 2012 with Rock of Ages and Jack Reacher. Oh, okay. I, and, I said Jack Reacher. In 2008, he did Tropic Thunder and Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. I like Valkyrie. So it keeps being times where he does like a main role and then like a, yeah. a mini role. In 2002, he did Austin Powers in Minority Report. Same thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, where he plays movie well, Austin Powers. in 99, he did Eyes Wide Shut and Magnolia. Damn, that was a dark year for him. <laughs> 96 was Jerry Maguire in Mission Impossible. That's a good one. Uh, 92, Few Good Men in Far and Away. 88, Rain Man and Cocktail. What you don't know is... 86, that- Color of Money and Top Gun. There you go. Holy shit. In 83, uh, All the Right Moves, Risky Business, Losing It, and The Outsiders. See? That's how you get famous. Wow. That's how you get famous. What yeah, you don't cool. know is I was recorded, having that recorded specifically so I can release it as an audio book called T- Ryan Frost Reads Tom Cruise's Filmography. <laughs> you can also watch it at my house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't have Losing It and Endless Love. Are they available or not? Uh, losing It is available as a two-DVD set of, like, 80s teen comedies. <laughs> um, and then Endless Love I watch on Amazon Prime for free. Uh, okay. Because, um, it all, it, I mean, Endless Love won Best Song of the Year. My love, my love. Is it Red Zerit? My and No, it's Lionel Richie and Deanne Womack? I think so. Something like that. <laughs> I know it's in Happy Gilmore. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's so weird that I would have that knowledge in my head, but <laughs> Tom Cruise is in it for like I don't know ten minutes. Mm. So it starts. Vin Diesel's on top of a mountain, and so he's got skis. So going back to the Kingsmen, <laughs> would you guys watch a third one if they made it? Yeah, yeah, I have enough fun with them. If this show forces me to. James went into this movie not liking it already. No, no, yeah. that's not true. Yes, you yes it no, is. Hold on, <laughs> not have, true at all. It is true, and you can talk to Rafe. Because literally, as we were, because so Rafe had never seen the first one, so I was sitting there like explaining the first film or the things he needed to know. And at one point, I genuinely said like, like I described a couple of the silly things that happened in the first movie, and I went, you know, it's 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 actually, or or maybe he's the one who first said like, oh, of course it's, he did. it's it's kind of like the triple X, and I was like. Okay, yeah, actually it was. And then I got super excited. And if you don't believe me, you can ask I him. I do not, he because swear by that. Zach is right. There is auditory evidence of you saying, Bleh. I, I hate the trailer. I think the trailer was bad. And guess what? The trailer is a lot of what this movie is. I don't think the action in this movie is interesting. Which trailer? I find it very boring. Uh, whatever the main one is that shows a lot of, like, lasso lasers and the shit. Frank Sinatra, so Probably, way. yeah. No, there's only one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw two. Yeah. yeah. Um, He's just bitter that we... Pick this over a Lego movie. Lego no, Ninjago. Uh, yeah. I mean, no. I, I I mean, I felt like we should see it. <laughs> you can see it. 
Apparently, yeah. since, since no, 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 no. I mean the Kingsman. I, I was like, yeah. I felt like we should see it. I, I the first one I like up until like the last twenty minutes, and I was like, kind of because the action in the first one I like a lot more. Especially that church sequence is so cool. There is nothing in this movie that blows me away the way that that church sequence did. Not even close. Um, and I agree with Ryan. I think there's a lot of downtime in the middle that's just sort of boring. Where I'm waiting for them to give a um, the memory back to a character who died in the last movie that they magicked back into like it, it it's it's men in black too bad like in my mind like that plot is so awful and boring and un- uninteresting and then the fact that you you revive him by like referencing something about a dog that honestly I don't remember because the first movie is not memorable enough like it's just not good there yeah, are I totally no forgot they had to shoot that dog yeah there's no character arc in this film there's just not like I don't think there's anybody other. I mean, maybe his whole thing of eventually deciding he wants to get married, but that's like he falls into it because he has to like do this weird thing that's so stupid. Ah, uh, yeah. I just I don't understand this film at all. I think it's terrible. I mean, it, it's not life bad. But it did have two different scenes of British men politely talking while Pedro Pascal beat the shit out of people. Yeah, that was fun. The plate talking was good. The Pedro Pascal part wasn't. How how British people deal with things? How Americans deal with things? What the fuck yeah. were those southern we're guys who just <laughs> out of nowhere the southern guy walks American up and goes caricatures? I can I can finger fuck your eye or whatever. Like what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? What who wrote this trite garbage? Go to Tennessee. It's and there all the time. Suck my southern dick. Talking about no, like all the secret spy shit in this random bar. Right. No. It was just so they could have a callback to that scene from the first one. Yeah, which honestly got me excited. I was like, oh, maybe we're going to get a good action scene. And then, no, we didn't. It was just laser lasso. Well, but you already knew that, right, from the trailers. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was watching it going like, fuck, I was hoping there was only one laser lasso scene because this is so stupid. Well, like, this is bar, Resident Evil stupid. Laser. He just uses whoa, laser whoa, lasso. whoa. Yeah, Whoa, no. Resident Evil. I genuinely had moments in this film where, how about the part where they cut to the giant, why the fuck does the president suddenly have a billion cages to individually put drug addicts in? <laughs> it's only a couple hundred thousand. It's a, I'm sorry. It's a weird it's, dark image. Weird. Like this, like, this, this stadium filled with people. Guys, like, right, it's like, like when that's your taxes pay for. When it, they, they, in a situation, when, we have when, steel cages to put people yeah, you in. You know, the only thing I didn't like about that is the CGI was so bad with the people in the cages. Oh. I could start picking out the same CGI model in yes. different cages. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, oh. I, I mean, the intent behind the image is like but you didn't need to dark (laughs) we all have the katrina superdome imagery in our head when you said hey we're gonna lead all the sick people into a giant theater or auditorium everybody in the theater is going like oh fuck that's really bad and then you cut to this cartoonish like we got cages for all of them that we politely put them in so they can dance what who made the cages just like in what? the first one what? how people's heads blew up and they looked like fireworks so like right it's, and that's it's the part ridiculous. i didn't like there either it's ridiculous but so was the first one so uh, yeah mm, tom cruise next week so he's trying to get the cable <laughs> hooked up. for cruise control he's trying to get the cable next. hooked up for everybody yep on the island nope so he has why did why was Tom Cruise in Speed Two Cruise Control? Because that would have just been like because you don't control the cruise, <laughs> right? <laughs> he controls you. You, you just oh, sit as long and enjoy the ride. That was really good, Brad. Let's end it there. Brent, thanks for coming again. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks yeah. so much. Bye. 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 James had preconceived notions about this film. <laughs> it's not fucking true. <laughs>
Real Nerds Podcast is a Nebulous Visions multimedia production. The Real Nerds would like to thank the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now open in Sloan's Lake. We also would like to thank Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics, especially Andrew. Our music has been brought to you by Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios. And of course, thanks to James's mother, our most loyal listener. Have a nice day. Real Nerds Podcast is a partner of Denver Podcast Network in the shadow of the mountain. We, we speak. speak.